0: this is the Copper Crab podcast I am
1: Cheney Crab.
0: I am Naveen Copperwise
1: Today on the podcast we have chance Strickland and Cam Dale If you guys would like to pick up Entheos merch go to Www like this beautiful shirt that Naveen has on right now W the no, hat, hat. www.eththeostore.com if you want one of these cups go to coppercrab.bicarshell.com. As always, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you're listening there. Subscribe on Spotify if you're listening there. We go live every Tuesday on Twitch at 7.30. Come and hang out. We're live right now. Uh,
0: 7.30 Central.
1: Oh, yeah. Central Standard Time. Yeah. So come and hang out. It's fun. People ask questions. It's tight. But yeah, so welcome to Nashville, guys. Uh, I Welcome, you guys. Yeah. You guys are like the newest... Uh, people who have moved to Nashville. I know you were hanging out in Tennessee. Where does your sister live again, Chance? Uh, Knoxville. Okay. So you were living in Knoxville for how long before you came here? For about a year. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Time flies, dude. And before that, California.
0: Yep. And we got to, yeah, we should mention Chance has been on the podcast before. He is one of the original founding members of Archaic, and he was on with Jared and. We met Chance probably, what, two years ago? Yeah.
1: I think it's been like way longer than yeah, that at this point. like three. three. Yeah. You're probably
0: 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we just hit it off, became great pals. He DJed my sister's wedding. and yeah, uh, I don't know
1: if we've ever talked about that on here, <laughs> that you DJed his sister's and wedding. And emcee'd And ceremony. ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> he killed it.
0: Had a great uh, radio voice. And uh, we've just been really good friends, and when we, we kind of moved out here around the same time, but Chance has just now moved from Knoxville to Nashville area. Nashville proper. And so we wanted to get him on here and talk about him, and that's how we met Cameron.
2: I'm here in the Nasty as well.
0: There you go. And Cameron is uh, Chance's musical counterpart. Would you guys, would that be fair? Just
2: yeah, uh, I am his muse, his fire, his flame.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the red beard. <laughs> so, yeah.
4: his, re- his beard only is red when he's got good ideas. That's yeah. When they're okay. bad, it so falls off. Uh, <laughs> on fire.
0: Yeah, yeah, right now he's he's killing it. So, um, yeah, they make music together. And, yeah, we want to talk to you guys about all that stuff and just have you guys on again to shoot the shit and have a good time.
1: Yeah, so what were you, was it always the plan to move to Nashville that was the thing
4: uh n- um i mean it was the plan to co- kind of come out here when we kind of first decided to get out of california <clears throat> we were like well oh, let's go back east so we had a few ideas it was either going to be nashville Asheville or possibly Knoxville. Like those were like our three. Yeah. I was like
2: Omaha all day,
4: man. But he wasn't feeling <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, Omaha's 311 already blew up that, <laughs> that spot. You know, we can't do what 311 already didn't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so I was yeah. like,
3: that's
2: true. Uh, you know, some creepy park in Baltimore, maybe? <laughs>
0: and uh, Ch- uh, Nashville <laughs> it is. Chance actually is taking credit for for us moving here, actually. I've, yes, I have. Yeah, that's he's, true. I've said that a few he's times. Say, he's saying <laughs> that he put the bug in our ear to move here. I
4: did. I'm sure so, that was
1: definitely a part of it. Yeah. I feel
0: like, yeah. I feel like
4: after your sister's wedding, mm-hmm. um, when we were taking the van and dro- you were going to drop me off of the car um, by, my, by the beach uh, while we were leaving the mansion, we were
1: talking... <laughs> <laughs> All that did happen. Yeah, it's true. Uh,
4: we were just talking about like, yeah, California is getting weird. Like if we had to flee, where would you go? Yeah. And it we were talking that. about it and you had said some places you were thinking maybe like Montana or like somewhere. I Montana? Uh, I, think I, I, think I might have said Utah. Utah. Yeah, you yeah, said something. I like Utah. That was never even an option. <laughs> <Not> much, <yeah. laughs> but but I, not I swear option. to God, to the best of my <laughs> recollection, I was like, yo, like. Tennessee's dope. I just visited my sister and it's like super normal there. And Nashville's badass because it's got a cool music scene. There's a metal scene there, like Artisan Era is based out of there. And so I felt like I may have put a a little teensy seed in your mind gardens that blossomed into the fruit of you guys existing here now. I'll take it. I won't take all the credit, but maybe a teensy little bit.
1: I'll I'll take it. Well, when did your sister move here?
4: My sister's been in Knoxville for like 25 years.
1: Why did she move here?
4: Because um, the company that my brother-in-law works for makes all the props for all of the Mastercraft boats and stuff. And so Mastercraft is huge. I think they moved to Tennessee sometimes in the late 90s. And so the company that my um, brother-in-law works for was like, we're getting out of Northern California. We're moving to Tennessee. If you want to keep your job, then come out. And so right. they moved to out, out to the Knoxville area in like '90. Seven or something. Um, oh damn! And so, my sister's been working on trying to get everybody out to Tennessee for a
0: long time.
1: I guess it's finally working.
0: Took her twenty five years.
1: Yeah, yeah, it but did. it's finally working. I mean, it's like yeah, you moved here now. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, I know. The several people have moved here. The guys from Fallujah just moved here. It's like it's becoming yeah. a huge hot point for people to live. It's and full. I, Tennessee's full. It's It's, full. Tennessee's full. (laughs) (laughs) We're first. Yeah.
0: What's funny is uh, I was actually hanging with a guy who works at uh, Evans Drumheads or whatever. So he's in the the music industry. And he was saying all of his friends who I don't even know moved here. Really? Yeah. He was like, all my friends are texting me like, you got to move here, man. You got to move to Nashville.
1: I mean, it makes sense. It reminds me. It's got like all of the good parts of California, He's from LA, by the way. Yeah, it's got that all of the sense. good parts of California, but it's mixed with. Uh, you know, I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. It's it's mixed with like the Midwestern. I think it's got all. Thing. Yeah,
4: it's got like yeah, and a little bit of that Southern tinge, that Southern yeah. hospitality. Totally, course, you know? totally that as well. Funny but it's
1: that. you know, it's like L.A. with manners, which I do. There are a bunch of aspects of California that I really like, but one of them that I don't like is that people aren't. You know, quite as kind. It's just a different personality. People from California have a different personality. Obviously, you're from there as well, right?
4: Unfortunately, yes. All of you guys are
1: from there. You're great people. They're just, do you feel that as well?
4: Yeah, well, so when I was originally, I grew up in Southern California, Mm -hmm. so we were always messing with L.A. and San Diego trying to do our thing, you know, and L.A. is like very... Very competitive. It's like in LA, they're like, if you're, I'm doing it. Oh, you're doing it too? Fuck you. Cause I'm doing it. And then so when I got up to the Bay Area, it was a lot more open source. I thought the Bay Area was kind of a breath of fresh air. It was like, you're doing it. Well, I'm doing it too. So let's, let's throw a festival. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was very much open source, kind of Burning Man, like, oh, we can throw festivals, yada, yada. So I thought that the NorCal was a breath of fresh air. But then coming out here, it's even like better. Like everyone's way more nicer. There's not a lot of California shit. I mean, a little bit, there is the kind of like, I'm doing the coolest thing ever. A little bit, but like most, yeah, 90% yeah. of the people are super dope. Everyone's really nice and friendly. It's like a cool part of the country that all the transplants come from that don't have like a weird West Coast yeah. kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean?
2: A lot of Indiana and Illinois out here too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Definitely. To
1: the whole Midwest, I feel like this is yeah. the the place to go. I mean, my family did not visit me when I lived in California. I lived there for 12 years. My mom only came out at the end of me living there. And here, my family's already been here two two times. We've been here for two years. It's just more of now. a she loves me she loves yeah, me more now. Yeah. yeah
0: exactly. Well, I think yeah. something about living in California that you don't really realize if you grew up there is that it's kinda isolated from the rest of the country. Yeah. You know, it's it's true. Like super just far away. And yeah. you don't it's, have to leave it to go all smile. kinds of places. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just never really noticed that. Like uh, like when I first started hanging out with Cheney. You know, she's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to a show in Omaha." You know, and I was like, "Wow, That's we're gonna so go to really like cool. an, another state." Yeah, to go you to never a show. do that in California. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean,
1: yeah. it's impossible because you have to drive like six. Yeah. I mean, how far do you yeah. have to drive from where you're from to get out of the state of California? Four hours, maybe.
4: Um, from San Jose. Where? Um, from, from the Bay area. area. I mean, like, no,
1: no, 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 from Southern California, like, like from LA. For if you instance. want to get to Vegas, yeah. it's like three hours. Yeah, so you have to drive three. Okay, three hours, and then from Santa Cruz, you would have to drive what, like four I'm, hours I'm, yeah. to Tahoe? Yeah, no, uh, so, Tahoe's
0: in California, but like Reno.
4: Oh yeah,
1: Reno, <laughs> my van. Well, but so like, like same like Tahoe's
2: uh, <laughs> Nevada.
1: But yeah, oh. but, but it's like true, if you, what, true. what takes stand what, correct? You it's can go,
4: time. you <laughs> can go eight hours in any direction in California and still be in California. Yeah, Absolutely, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the kind of thing they don't need to
0: leave.
1: You Whereas here, if you drive eight hours, you're in Detroit. Yeah. Which is sick because now we can drive. Like We've a done show. That. We went to a
0: show there. We went to a show in Kentucky. Yeah, too. it's like
1: now we travel more to do things. And that's okay. for tour, it's like the best thing ever because a bunch of tours start around here and we have to drive. You know, we only have to drive three hours to get to a show in Atlanta. It doesn't take very long to do that. So it's like it's close to everything, it's convenient. It, it just rules here. The music scene is fucking off the chain. And you guys are in your band, Louder Rain. It's like, uh, have you started playing shows yet or are you... Not yet. We're we're, okay. we're
4: on, working on it on our
1: way. Yeah. What kind of shows do you think that... I feel like you guys would do really well at Dark Matter.
4: Yeah. I mean, I probably... I think just because we want to play shows, it's just going to be uh, us two and Ableton. But eventually we want to have a full band, drums and yeah, bass. Well, cause the direction
2: of where it's going, yeah. it, it seems like we need a full band, but... I mean, we look at somebody like Crosses who's absolutely killing it whenever they come out. And uh, Chino and Sean just did a few shows on the West Coast. Uh, Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe they did more than that. But it's just they were a duo. That was it. Yeah. You know? and.
0: I think ripping the duo would be really cool because it's more original, in my opinion. Yeah, it's fun, but I mean, like all the new stuff that we're
4: creating, like sounds like it's a band. Like, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna like have to have, and just the power that a band has. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I we, eventually yeah. we want to be kind of like Pussifer, you know what I mean? Like being able to pull off all the electronic parts flawlessly, exactly like they sound, and then also being able
0: to pull off the live band sound. Yeah, flawlessly. and a little bit of
2: the Celtic women as well. There you uh, go, just totally. Yeah. Do you guys do have?
0: Do you guys wear those? Like when I see pictures of you guys online, it's like with costume. You guys wear. Uh,
2: costumes? we're we're actually in the mix right now. I'm trying to design something. I've been uh, seeking out uh, some type of dashboard of some sort to actually like really imprint it on something. Um, right now I'm just using Figma, and uh, we're what's coming that? up with what's Figma. Well, Figma is actually used for like building like websites and applications Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like all-in-one hub for that so when i used to like make applications and stuff for crypto companies i was using figma and uh you don't need to use do any code the code's already there for you the css and everything like that for all the front end and uh i still use it for pretty much all their creative for louder rain and uh, like to make the websites
0: and stuff like
2: that, yeah, yeah. With the website, I actually use Durable, which is hot. I'm gonna throw them out there durable.io. Everyone, <laughs> that was dot .io, dot io. Yeah, yeah, that was really happy with how uh, I was able to have full control of the website to be able to make the website. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Save yeah, a chance,
0: uh, it looks good. Thanks, thanks. Looks really yeah,
2: good. um, but yeah, I'm, tr- we're, I'm trying to make some masks for us. Uh, there's a lot of inspiration out there, Daft Punk especially I mean you those guys everybody knows who Daft Punk is pretty much unless they lived under a rock <laughs> and they can still like go in the line with their coffee in hand at Kroger and nobody's going to recognize them kind of thing yeah it's, yeah. you know I like true. that in Nominidity, the lore that they created and now you have like cool bands like Sleep Token and their lore and um I mean there's a few other what Ghost? was that other band I mean, Goats Ghost.
3: Ghost. Yeah, Ghost. we saw them here
1: yeah. actually yeah. I mean, oh, Guar, there. obviously. Yeah, <laughs> Guar. Ghost yeah. is incredible live. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Super I think that
4: we, we'll, we'll probably try to do the mask thing because it's just cool. It has a vibe live, especially. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know, they're, they're, like he was saying, the mystique. It's just like, well, it would just come over as a presentation. Probably pretty cool.
1: You so know that. what I thought was cool? Do you guys know who Drab Majesty is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we saw Drab Majesty live and they dress up live but they come out right before they play and they're not dressed up and they're their techs but no one knows that it's them like setting everything up and then they come out (laughs) and they're dressed up. I thought that was so fucking awesome. Like, you do have that sense of uh, you're anonymous. Mm. Like, no one, they were in, this was like a room of 800 people. It was sold out and no one knew that that was them. I mean, you know, if you know, you know. Mm. But I mean, yes, but even like so when like
2: Maynard mm-hmm. and where he s- places himself with tool live, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have no idea what he looks
4: like.
1: Could be, you know? could be,
4: Especially back in the '90s when like <coughs> they didn't do interviews and he was just up there with the fake breasts and the face paint, yeah. like oh yeah, I didn't really felt. look know what he looked like until
0: recently.
1: I didn't. I think it was probably like the late aughts before I knew what he looked like. Tool was an anonymous band to me. Yeah, yeah. When I mean, when the music they you know when they were like really blowing up when I was maybe in middle school and everyone was getting into them, no, I had no idea. Yeah, their music videos were not of them the claymation videos. Yeah.
0: Those were uh, like. Badass. Monumental. Oh, yeah, dude, monumental. They're amazing. I mean, that's kind of
4: like we definitely draw inspiration for that too. Like, all our videos are kind of like they're more like visual adventures that our songs are soundtracks to. You know, like I don't think we ever want to be that band where it's us in the video.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Out. Like, yeah. not that
4: that, you know, like that's dope, but I feel like it's not dope. Let's be real. Here, <laughs> I sucks. think that it's like, I <laughs> mean you don't want to, you don't want to play in
0: a well lit
4: warehouse? <laughs> yeah. I know
3: it's uh, gotten yeah. that.
0: That's like what we're always talking about because our videos are us playing in a well lit warehouse. I'm not going to, you know, pretend that it's not like that, but it's always like, how do we figure out how to, like, not do this? You know, and yeah. like, there obviously is a cool way to do that. Duh, I'm joking. But yeah, I think fi- figuring out how to make a music video something that people actually want to watch. I mean, that's...
1: That, I think, is what... Hacking the the system right there. That's the difference between a music video that does well now and that doesn't do as well is that there has to be some kind of a story. You know, people don't always just want that, like, you know run it through the metal band yeah. thing and, and put out that video. People yeah. do want to see some kind of storyline and I think that that's very cool. Especially, yeah. we can relate to you guys. We're a two-piece band. So you're constantly having to like be creative and think yeah. of those things. 100%. Like we are obviously, we have guitars and drums and our it, it sounds <laughs> like a full, it's a full band on record. So how what can you do to make this like seem cool and come across in a video setting that's always a challenge yeah
0: and we're I mean we're thinking about that right now because we we do want to get away from the like band in a in a warehouse I mean maybe
2: like a stepmom stuck in the dryer or (laughs) a pizza (laughs) a a pizza delivery You know, like porno came up with some storylines that are a lot more creative than some of these music videos you that's, know so
1: that's why those videos do so fucking well yeah they
4: do they yeah do. but they but then they also for the storyline re- they re- the, the storyline only gets them so far but then you know, the payoff is the slap 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 slap. you know what i mean yeah. so you gotta go, you, you get as yeah, far yeah, as so the portal g-
1: so how long have you guys been a band
4: Uh, since like 2019, it it was very inconsistent for a long time. We just really just now started to like, take it seriously. Like, yeah, we were moving in with each other. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And like moving across the state.
1: Take it from us. That is how you start to take it very seriously. But Cameron's
4: (laughs) always been like, uh, traveling around and staying, um, in South America and Europe and Colombia, And, uh, you know, we've always stayed friends because we met a long time ago through, our mutual friends, um, we were all in a band with Jared from Archaic um, way back in the okay. day. And that's how we all kind of met each other. Um,
1: Wait, so are you from the same place that they're from? I don't know. What's the name of the fucking town that you you guys Canyon are Canyon Lake. Say that again?
2: Canyon Lake. Canyon yeah. Lake. So you're uh, from there? No. Originally, I'm actually from uh, Escondido. Okay. Yeah, but then I moved to Texas around six because my parents were, at the time were having some financial troubles and my dad worked for REMAX, I think it was. They moved him out, they gave him a bunch of options and he took Dallas. And uh, yeah, we they did a great job raising us out there until about 15 or so we moved back to California to be close to my uh, my grandmother who passed away just recently. And uh, she lived in Canyon Lake. So we moved to Canyon Lake, too, and uh, I was able to discover uh, the filth and the beauty of
4: a weird town <laughs> behind gates. <laughs> he came He came into the odd
0: um, fishbowl. <laughs> yeah, it was a very <laughs> odd place. Yeah, California has a lot of weird towns, man. That's very Santa true. Santa Cruz is one of them. It's just...
4: I think every place is a weird um, fishbowl, especially if if you're not desensitized by growing up in it. You know, like a lot of times when you get out of the fishbowl, you look back at it and you go, oh wow, like what a weird scene that was. (laughs) But you know, Cameron like, he came into it, not having grown up in, in it and being desensitized. and getting there when you're 15 is probably a whole other experience, you know,
2: yeah, it was tough because like all those bros out there at the high school were yeah, just yeah. like they were just so mean to me until I came out with I had did a poem in my English class. And it was just about like smoking weed and <laughs> like losing my virginity. and like that was a hit. Everyone <laughs> like was just like Yo You're the <laughs> one that sits behind me Yo know, dude That was sick That's you know, what put you on tex? the map So yeah,
3: yeah, were
1: they bros Texas. Uh, Were
0: they bros Like can I paint a picture Of what I think a bro is Yeah Absolutely. Okay <laughs> so I'm gonna start from the ground up Okay So It's like skate shoes Some sort of Wide skate shoe And a- then a- yes maybe Osiris Maybe it's Osiris, EBS, yeah. Osiris, Osiris right? The big fat And uh, then there's gonna be socks That are pulled up super high Yeah What color uh, well they're obviously white and they have two stripes at the top uh-huh. that are Oh that's, red that's Huntington black. Beach. Yeah. Nope. yeah. Okay. Oh. Well this is Santa Cruz too, a little bit.
4: Well, okay, you give your th- I'll stop interrupting. You give your bro and I'll tell you what yeah, the Riverside this is County SoCal is. The type
0: about. of a bro that is around in Santa Cruz. <laughs> it's an old school bro. That's and true. then it's gonna have uh baggy shorts that are probably of the Dickies variety. Mm-hmm. Then potentially a crew neck sweatshirt of uh I don't know the logo could be anything and then a soul patch and a flat billed hat okay and glasses sunglasses on the back of his head oh, I know that bro. Uh, what kind of sunglasses well, what
4: color are the yeah.
0: <laughs> what
3: color
4: are the glasses
0: bro um the glasses could range from probably lokes they're probably gonna be black lokes okay yeah yeah yeah, okay, that's, so that's, that's a Santa Cruz bro right there. That's death
4: a Santa Cruz bro, or like with the when they got the flat bill and it's sort of like like whoosh. yeah, yeah, oh, flip yeah. up, flip
0: up. Mm-hmm. Or what's ultra like premium bro? Is I don't even know how they do this, but it's flat bill, flip up, but just like the last half inch yes. is flipped up. Yeah, I've not sure that. how they make that happen, but I mean,
4: oh, it's it's from slamming their face into this uh, the same brick wall over and over again. <laughs> it <laughs> to might be to a makes make the voices
0: stop. It might be a class in uh, high school in Santa Cruz. Actually. Oh
4: yeah, they replaced Auto Shop with uh, Bro Bro <laughs> Bill bending. <Yeah>. bro <laughs> yeah.
3: Bill bending.
0: So uh, that's what I would picture. Well, so
4: where we grew up, actually. we had our own special kind of bro that grew right out of the uh, the uh, the high low desert um, dirt. Uh, so it's it's the motocross, bro. So where we grew up okay. was
0: the... the uh, I, I got those two. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, go ahead. Please finish. But yeah, <laughs> you
4: know, it's not <laughs> the greatest pic- picture to paint. But so yeah, so it's the motocross uh, capital of the West Coast. Like freestyle motocross was totally invented where we grew up. <laughs> All right, homie. So, like, yeah, yeah. just take a step back and fucking chill, bro. All right. So, like, homies like Brian Deegan, Jerry McGrath, dude, like, those fools, they were sick. And also, everybody loves MMA fighting. So, our bro is going to have probably like the thick Osiris's, right, Full? Right. All right. And they're going to have thick red laces, Full, because you don't know, like, if they're secretly racist or not, Full. And then they're going to have similar baggy dickies full, right? And they're going to have socks pulled up high, but these socks, they're black full. <laughs> they're black socks full. We don't wear no white socks full. That's for the cholo, bro. <laughs> but we're cool with them, dude. So... so the shirt that they're going to be wearing is either going to be like a motocross shirt, like a no fear shirt, right, homie? Yeah, yeah no sh- No fear. Or it's going to be a sick like old school MMA brand, like tap out full because you don't want to mess with me in the parking lot. I'll drop you, dude. Like that, bro. I'll be like, dink. You'll be like sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, full. I'll put you to sleep, dude. It's chill, though. <laughs> You're chill for now. And then they'll have a, I'm kind of wearing one. They'll have a big flat build hat. <laughs> Let's talk headwear. <laughs> but with their with their ears tucked in, yeah, uh, yeah, yep. ears, right? yep. yeah, yeah. yeah, and maybe and, uh, maybe like that, and so you know you know it might be it might be like um, an SRH hat, you know what I mean, supporting radical habits, full or stoners drinking habit, you know what I'm saying, and they're probably listening to Cottonmouth Kings or like Godsmack. Smack, and um, like I don't like. Hey, I don't like the way your homeboy's looking at me. That fool. Does that fool got a problem. If that fool wants to squash, fool, we can go outside in the parking lot. Now, dude, I'm down to fucking throw. I'm down to throw. I'm throw hands with this fool, dude. Like, you think it's funny, homie? What's up, homie? Hey, what up, homie? <laughs> No, for real, homie. What up, homie? I'm
0: actually getting kinda of
1: scared. <laughs> I know, I am too. I'm like, <laughs> They're very aggressive. He's gone bro. Yeah.
4: Um any The reason why so, this is so I'm gonna funny. stop that because Cameron's getting very uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I'm and, shaking
4: in my bed. Well, <laughs> because
1: he's getting flashbacks of the yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: Those guys were mean to me too. Yeah, um absolutely incredible, me. by the way.
0: Like
1: none of those exist in Iowa.
0: Yeah, Isn't I know. That this insane? is that's why it's so funny to me, because this is like such it's, a California, it's such, thing. A, California, yeah. it's such talk, a California. Even yeah, the way they talk, even the way they talk.
4: Oh, and if they're not wearing a black shirt, they're wearing a. I mean, I kind of still rock this because it gets in my. It's in my blood, but they're wearing a flannel that's buttoned up all the way to the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's like maybe oh, they're going sunglasses? to a party. Oh, yeah, yeah. white yeah. sunglasses. Yeah,
4: white sung, like, white spies. The looks? Are they called looks? the spies? The white yeah, spies
2: or looks or the electrics? I've never. Oh heard yeah, that. electrics
4: spies. Yeah. yeah, you don't know what, don't know are what full? spies are <laughs> for. <full>? Yeah, <laughs> get spies the fuck out, out here. of here. Do do doesn't know shit. Full. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> okay, they're the square white ones. Yeah, I know those. Yeah, and like
0: their logo's like a kind of like a cross, like a
4: total.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, dude, amazing! Absolutely amazing. I mean, this is Santa Cruz too. Yeah, because that type of bro is also there. Yeah, the motocross.
4: That also
1: reminds right. me of Camarillo. Where is that? Uh, Camarillo is, that? is down by L.A. Right? Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, on that, the yeah. beach.
4: Yeah, that's that whole like from San Diego all the way probably. Up to Santa Barbara, Santa Just right until, right until
1: you're he- heading north, until yeah. you're hitting like the yeah. north, until Hella, you hit the Bay Area. Then Hella. they turn
4: into the, to the Bay Area, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, well, um, see, Santa Cruz is it's in a weird spot. It, it's kind of like, um, it's not really southern, Cali- it has like hits uh, hints of Southern California because of the also, beach vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of when I started hanging out in San Francisco a lot, it was kind of. Like, Santa Cruz wasn't really NorCal.
4: It didn't feel like uh, it. There's not so yeah. many people in Patagonia. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, well,
0: well, I think what That's we're true. talking about, I don't know if it even exists in San Francisco. I think it's kind of cut. It it cut off, yeah. Is there a there, is there's San a hard, Francisco bro? There's yeah, yeah, there's, you know, like. Yeah, they live, totally. like, in the sunset, like, uh, area. So that might exist there, but I didn't grow up there, so I don't, really don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's hard yeah. asses uh,
4: <laughs> in, in all parts of the Bay. They're just not as easily spotable because they don't peacock the same way <laughs> the, uh, the bros that we're used to. Yeah, uh, But there's like a little wreck shop something. on a homie if you fucking look at them <laughs> wrong.
0: taken over by tech bros. Yeah.
2: tech bros, yeah. t- yeah, And they are the non-violent. Tech. They are yeah. very non <laughs> yeah, really not, not actually. The guy that just killed the other dude... Uh, was it Venmo or somebody like I don't know? Maybe they had a relationship behind uh, the founder of like some huge startup. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, just recently they just. Harrison, well, you know about this? You,
0: Harrison, thought, okay,
2: can you pick that up?
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought the guy who did Venmo, can you Jamie was, uh, real quick? The, the, I thought the guy who Harrison, did Venmo bring was up was the super...
4: uh, nonviolent tech bro. That actually was violent. Yeah. <laughs> I was having I thought like the a guy relationship Venmo with the was Brian
1: Johnson or the guy who's like super into longevity that we were talking about. The yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mixing this up Venmo from guy? our
2: conversation yeah. the other night, yeah. but it's just another guy Harrison with money. It. Uh, we're going to get to the
4: yeah. <laughs> Oh, cash app, cash
2: app. Sorry. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> so what happened? What happened here? Um, uh, Jamie, you can fact check me on all this. <laughs> Sorry, Harrison. <laughs> uh, Jerison. Jerison. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Douglas, if you can do blinds, possibly.
0: Um, yeah, so. Wow, you know Honest that. Naveen is. gets that, that is reference.
1: Hunter Douglas they're everywhere? That just hit him yeah, deep yeah. in the heart. Yeah. He just, yeah.
0: How do you know what that is?
2: Um, my dad and my uncle created like the Blind Brokers Network that people buy their franchises from to start blind businesses in America.
0: That's insane. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do
1: you know that? Well, do you want I was to a I was
0: like a drapery b- blind installer yeah, for that's what I twenty years.
2: Really, twenty years? Twenty that years? Was two months? No, twenty oh, years. <laughs> Tell me, you just got the job out here? Okay. No, years. no. Okay. He doesn't do it here. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I, I was my like first. Well, I worked for my dad. Yeah. yeah. And then I did it throughout my whole career t- until we moved here.
2: Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I grew so up from
0: seventeen to thirty-six or whatever. Nice, nice. So, maybe not.
2: Quite. Yeah, our uh, mutual friend as well, he just started um, installing blinds and draperies as well. So, this language, it's all coming back to me. Poor again. bastard. Yeah. yeah.
4: It's actually a Mason whose older brother is Chris, who basically was the uh, Petri dish in which Archaic was formed. It's the craziest seven uh, layers of funnel cake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, wow. Kevin Bacon and men.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, when you were done at one of those um, blind jobs and you left, was that when the drapery falls? Oh.
0: I wonder if I O-Path ever listened reference. to that song in the headphones while installing. I think it might have just hit too close to home. So, it's like, I can't. <laughs> like, can't OPETH usually makes me cry, but not at work. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, it I makes me it. cry harder at work. <laughs> drapery falls. Yeah. Definitely on the way to work. On the way to work, definitely listen to it for sure.
1: So you,
0: yeah, sorry. I, like, fill me in on, side you, you
1: moved here. to, I know you moved to South America. Like what's, what happened there? Why did you move? Like, what's your, what's your story? Cam,
3: I
2: uh, was story. just a wanderer for yeah. 13 years.
0: So <laughs> well, you, Chance already explained what he was like when he was younger. With the whole bro story. No. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> he was trying to bring, he he trying to bring that culture around by the world. By the bros.
2: <laughs> How was I accepted by those guys? <laughs> I, I don't know. I took a little bit of weed and some funny <laughs> jokes, you know, and everybody accepted me. Um, so, I mean, I started traveling because I was, I was like uh, caretaking on some weed farms up in NorCal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And... And I was kind of like part of the whole Rainbow family, and just kind of American Gypsy.
1: What's that? Explain in.
2: it. Well, What's Rainbow family is a family of living light. And back in 1972 was the Return of the White Buffalo Woman, and this was a gathering that happened in uh, Northern Colorado. Uh, it might have been in Route County. I don't remember. Fact check me, Hunter. Um, Hunter, so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, so yeah. Anyway, that this is spread across the the world. There's, you know, they pray for peace, especially uh, for the United States. They have a uh, regional gatherings, they have healing gatherings, and national gatherings that happen every year. And during the uh, the pinnacle of it is during the Fourth of July weekend uh, or weekday, depending on where it's at. But um, they just we pray for peace, and it's just a giant circle of people just oming, Um then celebrating life uh, there's a bunch of workshops there it's always in like this beautiful meadow that you would never gone in the united states i, I think i know? went to one
0: mm. oh really okay. yeah where
3: is there a
2: bunch of hippies there
3: <clears throat>
0: yeah because uh my dad briefly didn't install draperies for a while and ran like a vegetarian food company and i believe we went to one of those to like distribute the food oh, for like, free though. Oh, Cause nobody has. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Hey, check out yeah. this thing we're doing right on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So like, so you would have a better idea. There's, you know, there's like kitchens really young, and 12 or
0: something.
4: So it's like, a, it's like a roaming group of like vagabonds that meet in different places in the world and like throw little impromptu, like gatherings, festivalish, yeah, things. And, uh, it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a culture and, uh, you know, like a, like a, modern day kind of traveling group of like just hippie peace seekers and stuff and, and but i mean there's all, all kinds different of types
2: out there especially in the united states you have a lot of troubled kids a lot of homeless kids shwillies. i mean there's all sorts of funny jokes and um, slang terms in the rainbow culture but also like
4: know? super successful people that just like also, love too. the culture and yeah, then come yeah. and, like like people that chill. are like
2: you know just visionaries just you know playmakers uh, you know you got all different types of people there because the rainbow family is everybody so uh within a rainbow family we're all rainbow family uh obama is a part of the rainbow family um his deceased chef was a part of the uh rainbow family and i mean just everybody so it's eclectic <laughs> <laughs> it's colorful with you know people you would never everyone, even want accepted suit, yeah you don't suit them as like this gypsy um dready rainbow kid you know, but the ideology of it all is to stand amongst with each other, and there's no judgment towards anybody. Now, whether or not everybody carries that, that goes to rainbow gatherings. You know, I beg to differ. But I mean, also—it's a place for you know a lot of you know pe- troubled people as well mm-hmm. that will animals. come there, and they'll go there for a month because they have a free place to live and free food. You yeah. know, I mean, maybe amongst all that, there's also. You know, deep down inside, subconsciously, unconsciously, uh, they're seeking. They need some healing. And that's a place you can go to heal, for sure. You know, there's plenty of beautiful people out there. And it's spread across, like, wildfire across the whole world. There's rainbow gatherings all over the world.
1: So how did you find them? How did you find the Uh, rainbow family?
2: I think it all started... uh, Probably trimming weed. Yeah, you know, because a lot of people come, come around at the same time of the year from all over the world, and... You know, we're all hanging out at Mount Shasta, or it started, I think I went to Mount Shasta because I was, like, high on the idea of, like, oh, it's the root chakra of the world, mm-hmm. and I went there, and I felt very accepted there, and, you know, there was a healing gathering going on right before trim season started, and uh, yada, yada, you. I was just, you know, enamored by everyone else. Uh, I was hitchhiking anyways. I just fit in really quick, you know, yeah, into the ideology, and then... You know, I, it took me a long time before I even had a cell phone. Like, I just, my relationship with phones is iconic, really. Uh, like, I can't <laughs> seem to keep one. And even when I'm, like, set it out the intention, I'm like, I'm going to keep you phone. Nope, I'll break it. You know, like, it's, it's it's impossible to have a nice phone for me or even to have one at all. Um, but, well, yeah.
0: Not, not such a bad thing. No, it's not. No, but, not like, my
2: so. relationship with it dates back to then when I didn't want to have any connection to anything, you know? Yeah and um i felt on, on honestly i was a lot healthier back then too like i'd go months to a year without drinking you know and then i ended up getting to south america because somebody bet me at a trim season they're all like all right let me flip a coin i'm gonna go to europe or i'm gonna go to Colombia," <laughs> you know and i went to Colombia for the first time fell in love with it and, and just kept on going back to latin america and central america and then made my way over to europe and africa and yeah, it just becomes a, a bug, really. And you don't want to get rid of it. I mean, it's just, I, I like discovering the unknown, as a like, lot like other people like to do, too. And I mean, you can, I, I, it took me a while to find out, like, how to heal. You know, it was like an emotional roller coaster because I was just like on the edge of my heels, just wondering, like, oh, I'm not planning anything. I'm just in a manifest or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back in the day when less people were like just cooped up with this little black box in front of their face, they would ask you questions when you just roll into their, their center yeah, with a yeah. backpack and be like, hey, what are you up to? What are you doing? Where are you from? You know, and then I, I started to see that decrease and the randomness and possibility started to decrease too because everybody was just occupied with their phones, you know, when they're just hanging out by a waterfall or, yeah. a, or a water fountain or something, you know. So
0: that happened to me recently uh, in New York because I went and played a uh, show, like, by myself in New York. Kind of a weird circum- circumstance. But um, I, my close friend who used to live there, he moved away. So I was kind of like, hmm, I don't really know who to hang out with. And then I, I do know that this one, one dude who I met up with, but he was busy for a while. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go out. And I went into a bar, a small like, neighborhood bar, and I just sat down, and I was like, I was texting Chaney for a little bit, And then I was like, I'm just going to put my phone up and just sit here. And uh, so kind of like people were either on their phone or hanging out. It was like a small, you know, like on a neighborhood bar. Everybody kind of knows each other, you know, and I'm just like sitting there. And I was like buying drinks and literally just sitting there like and then after I'd say because I wasn't going to meet up with my friend for a while. I was like I was probably in there for like an hour. And then after, like, an hour, the bartender was just like, hey, are you, like, okay? Because <laughs> I'm just, like, sitting there ordering drinks and just kind of, like. Just, just kind of chilling space. Just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of just, like, I'm just going to see where this goes, you know. And it, it was, like, it was my friend showed up, and then it was, it was just, like, really fun, you know. And I was kind of. It's kind of like, "See, I'm not a psycho. I have a friend uh, kind of a, kind of a vibe." But, but you,
4: you can't just sit around and space <laughs> out anymore like Yeah, like, I know. No. Like why can't you do that? Like I'm so good at it. Like, I know. I know. And
0: I don't know. That kind of uh feeling is so fun. You know, I remember when like anytime I'm in New York, I like doing that. Just kind of just go with see where it takes you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it is to us it's sad, I think that people are less likely to do that now. Well, yeah, because people won't just
1: go to any random place. They have to see if it's a five-star rated place on Yelp before they'll walk into it. And I just enjoy driving down the street and seeing a spot and thinking, wow, a bunch of people are there. I might as well go or or, no one's there. Some of the most fun hangouts that I've ever had at bars are, are just random neighborhood bars because everyone else is there every day. I'm not... A regular, I'm not hanging out there every day, but you hear cool stories from those people, you know, I think it's important to be somewhat of a to kind of disconnect a little bit and just pay attention to the world and experience things based on like what just actually looks cool when you're out walking around and experiencing the world
4: yeah there's like that mystery you know you're walking by a place and you're like "Ooh, that looks like cool like it looks like a cool I know, I love divey that. spot like yeah. what's it like inside you know and then you get in there and it smells like cigarettes and like a bunch of grizzled locals <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drooling on the bar yeah. and you're like all right yeah then yeah. some
2: lady comes up to you and she's like if you can get on uh, zillow before my son can i'll give you 20 dollars." <laughs> you know and then you get on zillow and you're like all right this is the house it's 300k what, what do you need with it And she, here's
4: your 20 bucks <laughs> You're just like okay. Yeah, thanks yeah. for the context. That paid for my <laughs> chicken sandwich with cockroach legs. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah mystery is amazing. Yeah. Uh, mystery is one of the best parts of life. But mm.
1: it's one of the parts that's been, it's it's not been lost, but it is disappearing in a way because now we can look at our phone and just see what's the coolest spot to go to. What's the what's got the best food? Where are the best drinks? Where can I get this and that? And you can. Just be so specific with the things that you're you're seeking out and just go to that place and never visit so many of the other places. Like I, I see that every time we drive down a street in Nashville. It's like when I look restaurants up on Google, none of these places are popping up. Yeah. It's whoever's paying for the best ad or, you yeah. know, whoever yeah. is paying for the most Yelp reviews or whatever. And it's it's interesting because we are. Really the last generation that came from like having to do things analog.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Writing yeah, down easy. the uh, gonna, uh, all right, On
0: Wednesday, we're going to meet up.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You
0: and even,
4: you know, this probably is kind of still new school, but it's old school. Like writing down the directions on a piece of paper from yeah, Google yeah. Maps and then having to follow them backwards. Yeah. Get home. yeah. But totally. one of the Ooh. things I'm map sure. MapQuest. Yeah, MapQuest. <laughs> that Cameron oh, yeah. connected with. Throwback. Um, that I've done in my teens a little bit of traveling is also the people that you meet, like the personality type that is also down to travel it's just cool. Like hanging out at a hostel or like a place where there's a bunch of travelers, like it's way different than kind of going down to the neighborhood bar because you're going to actually be able to go to a place and strike up a conversation with a bunch of random people. And it's not hard. You don't sit there for an hour, like wondering, like, I wonder if everyone thinks I'm weird. Like, the people that you meet when you're traveling are just super dope and, like... A lot more open. They're open, outgoing. Maybe just for that moat, like, that trip. Yeah.
2: Right, right. You know, they're open.
1: I wish that... Is that a thing in the U.S.? Like, hostels are totally a thing elsewhere. And staying at hostels has... We've had some of the most interesting times ever staying at hostels listening to other people everyone's kind of you know it's a bunch of travelers who are like kind of drunk yeah. every you know everyone's kind of mingling and stuff Cameron does that exist in US hostels here, yeah have you uh, <clears throat> uh have i yeah
2: in new york though um oh, yeah, i was yeah. quite surprised there's none in here in nashville and i was, I was like this is a untapped market yeah like there's you know, especially property. all these like, paradigms like, like imagine like a, a hostel and there's a student there's like Practice rooms down, uh, you know, rehearsal rooms down there, jam spots. Studio, you know, and it just Uh, brings a bunch of people that are like have this country dream or whatever to come to Nashville and they got a place they're like, you know, they can rent out the room, you know, for up to two weeks or so, just so like you can get the, you know, the cockroaches out. You know, the people that are like, all right, you're stinky, you're messy, and you're stealing people's food out of the uh, community kitchen, you know, (laughs) They, they write their name on it, you know, like you gotta go, right? But. Great guitar work, you know, right. you know something like that because there was one, but um, it closed down when that uh, suspicious uh, Christmas uh, explosion. Oh, wink, the bomb! Wink, that oh, yeah. Really? yeah, really? Um, yeah, so there it used to be one there, and apparently it defaced the front of it, and they closed it down. And it's never been open again. I feel
4: like Na- Nashville could be a total like backpacker musician, totally could, yeah. uh, like hotspot destination. You know what I mean? Like
2: it's a, they need to fix the uh, the, the transit. Yeah, you
3: know. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't, I don't is know if like transit,
4: there's yeah, city there? buses, it exists. Okay, <laughs> I've been tried to, yeah, me I have seen those purple I buses
2: uh,
1: say okay. I, I don't yeah. know if I've seen it. Yeah,
4: there's bus stations. Uh, maybe in Old Hickory. Maybe uh, yeah, uh, here in Hendersonville, <coughs> you know, <coughs> they don't to need ride no. Riding, oh, no. Don't need to ride no buses.
1: I think we should describe what is different about a hostel compared to a hotel for people who yeah. have never stayed in one.
2: It's more commutative
1: it's cheaper
4: Um, it's like dormitory style like stacked bunk beds you can fit like four to six people in like one room so like if you're uh backpacking through Bangkok and you need a place to stay you know for anywhere from 2 to 11 bucks a night you can have a little bunk bed in a room with like six beds and there's always a there's always a community spot in the hostel area usually a bar and that's where everyone kind of just hangs out so you, you you know you come out of your room you'll go and sightsee and do your thing and wherever you're at and come back and there's just dope people that's a constant changing mishmash of rad yeah. traveler types that are hanging out and there's just something special about Maybe it's the trip or maybe it's the personality type or a little bit of both. But, like, when you're hanging out in those areas, it's just everyone's hanging out. You're constantly meeting new people. Everyone's super open. Uh, And it's just, like, a really fun atmosphere of just cool people. And it's easy to make friends. And, yeah, everyone's just open. Like, I've never – it's the exact opposite of, like, going out in uh, in America. I was just thinking it's, like,
1: the festival version of a – it's, like, what (laughs) – a a concert compared to a festival. It's, like, a hotel – to a hostel.
4: Yeah, it's like a camping fest. Like you wake up next to like five people that you're going to see for the next three days. And then by day three, you probably had shots at the little hostel bar with them. And maybe you're like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, let's go out. And then you do the thing that they were doing. Yeah. Come back to the hostel. And then after day four, they're like best. You're like best buds because you've been hanging out for the last four days. And then they're gone and you're gone. And then you're in a whole new place and you do it all over yeah, again. And then you run into
2: Absolutely. each other. Yeah, like then you run into, into each other, other place yeah. so you didn't even speak about, you know.
1: There's also the flip yeah. side where someone that you're staying with in your hostel is crazy and you have to get away from them.
2: Yeah, I've definitely seen yep. some weird stuff. For or sure. I've actually been the suspect in some weird stuff, too, <laughs> as well. <laughs> what's the weirdest thing that you've seen in a hospital? The weirdest thing? Yeah.
1: Or what's something oh, weird you've gosh. seen?
2: Oh, wow. That's like a rotary. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's so many weird things that, I mean, you become desensitized to a lot of it anyways. It's like you know? tour.
1: Yeah, I think mostly yeah. the weird things we've seen in hostels is just like dealing with drunk people. Yeah, drunk people. Yeah. Yeah. Drunk people getting kicked out of hostels yeah. in the middle of the night yeah. and screaming and like pounding on Definitely. doors. Having to be on the
4: bottom bunk when two people are hooking up loudly on the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like two people having sex on the top or yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah.
0: Well, when Chaney and I got a hostel in uh, Germany... We we like kind of balled out and got like the ho- it was like a hostel but so we had like our own room yeah. yeah and it was
1: right next to the infamous what's the name of that uh, that truck the food truck oh Mustafa's yeah it was right next yeah. to Mustafa's have you guys heard of that it's Mm-mm. the best uh, doner in Germany? In Germany in Berlin yeah, in
0: Berlin yeah what is Mustafa's it's like just it's a donor. Turkish spot. donor kebab spot uh, I mean but we we it's tried like to go 1500 when we were... there <laughs> I know but Mustafa's <laughs> okay, so we Mustafa's tried to go. has
1: like a an hour and a half line outside really? of it every time. You, yeah. So yeah. this uh,
0: was uh, a good 10 years ago, maybe more. And we would go there a bunch. There'd be a small line. But we we went to Europe recently and we're like, let's go. We're going to go back. And we, we took a, an Uber over there and it was like line down the block. like, And we heard the people in front of us say, Oh, it's like an hour and a half wh- line, and we're like, we don't even have time for this. Was it yeah. good though? It was good. Uh, it's it was good. It's, good. Yeah. it's
1: the best one I've ever. <laughs> might had. be overly
0: hyped. Who knows? Yeah.
1: Of course, because you know the placebo of those things. Sometimes yeah. they're so hyped that they just taste yeah. better when you eat them. So or cool. like they're so hungry busy from traveling, you're just like. Oh. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Also, like at the same time, like you're so busy like that, like there's no time for quality anymore. Mm. You're just yeah. trying to that's run something. it out. Get very it out. true. Yeah. You know, like uh, there's this place in um, Napoli. Uh, that, you know, it's just touted as the best pizza ever. It's a margarita, you know, like big whoop. Yeah. And you wait in this long line, you get there, and you had expectations, and then you got the heartache, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, just, it's pizza.
2: Yeah, it was like, dude, it's... This is nothing. I'm
1: gonna take that back to music. So, do you think that the longer you work on something, the better that it's going to be? And absolutely l- not. No, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <ruin> <laughs> no, no, I
3: agree with that. I you. totally agree, with, I
4: that,
0: agree 100%. with that.
4: Yeah, some 100%. of that stuff. I mean, you can. There is a, uh, I think, an art to like working on things in small doses and dialing it into the point where you're happy with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, I think it's a give and take, but you can work on something to the point where you actually absolutely ruined it. You know?
1: Oh, 100. I think that that's like a thing that people sometimes can't get over. They'll be working on the same song for five years. And it's like, dude, you could have made a thousand songs in the last five years and you would be so much further right now with the new songs than you are with this song that you've been working on for so long. And we've
0: got better at just being like, Oh, you know what? This song sucks. Let's just make a new one. And not, I find I find like in the beginning, people are like, Oh, we got to see it through and like, make sure it's like, it's like, just yeah. fuck it, dude. Just scrap it and make another one. Who cares? Yeah. I
2: mean, nobody's touting U two's new album that took them twelve years. There we Who go. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Is that, was, like, whatever, that they, do, is, is that
1: the one that they? the sphere. one that they put on everyone's iPhone yeah. a couple of years ago? Yeah, I
0: didn't that was I so not, long I ago. Jamie. I actually yeah.
1: think that that,
0: that, that worked against didn't consent them. To that. that was
1: a horrible <laughs> marketing tactic I mean, because yeah. then it just fired. made them yeah made them more annoying to everyone. Like really, they got
2: the sphere. I don't know. They got into the sphere. And became the first band to play in the Sphere. I know,
1: and it looked so incredible that I finally wanted—I wanted to go see a U2 concert. Well, Fish is there now. Oh shit! Yeah, Fish is playing
2: a bunch of shows (laughs) for the next few months. (laughs) All right,
1: are we flying to Vegas? Harrison, you're a
0: Fish fan. I'd love to go see him. All right, in the yeah, and he does, too. too.
2: because, like, the guy who books at the Sphere. I guess he's also kind of like co-founder, whatever. I don't know who the production company is there, but. it, I read an article about the U2 thing, and he's just like, honestly, we don't need U2 here. Like, they're just another band, really, you know? Like, they're it's just fear like the by demand, you know? Yeah. Wow. But, it, like, just his words, you could tell, like, he's not a U2 fan. Mm-hmm. And then you're all like, and then he books fish. You're like, <laughs> know,
1: like okay. <laughs> okay. It's like, well, yeah, you know what's you know, funny? I was working for, like, a, a weed company in in Santa Cruz, and Bless his heart. The guy who owned the company, he wanted to base the whole promoting scheme around fish. Because he loved fish so much, he just wanted everything to be marketed around fish. See, it, if like, very yeah, Santa
3: Cruz, company.
4: Yeah. <laughs> if that <laughs> were like Santa if that, <laughs> if that were basketball sneakers, fish. I'd say nah. But in the weed scene, I'd be like, that's a, that's a, <laughs> yeah, you're I not know, getting it out it of the park.
3: Probably, <laughs> like exactly. that's, that's on some, on
4: some fish <laughs> Air Force <laughs> Ones <laughs> coming at you. <ya. laughs> like that's that's not going to sell floppy disks or hard drives, but that will sell some weed.
1: So, what's your guys's favorite like live production that you've ever seen? Speaking I'm of sure sick we'll live I'm sure we probably production. all
2: meet each other at the same place, and it's an <laughs> obvious answer of Tool. I've
1: never you know? seen Tool live, but they're coming to Bridgestone.
4: Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to really be cool. Because cool, be Bridgestone's cool. small. And too. Elders yeah. playing with them. Like, that's oh, really? cool. yeah. going to be sick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that.
4: Yeah, I would say Tool yeah. probably has one of the baddest productions I've ever seen. I saw Roger Waters do True. The Wall.
1: Oh, the, like the one that was just a couple of years ago?
4: Oh, dude, no, it was probably like... 10 years ago at this point. Okay. Um, but you could have done that sh- that production in Vegas every single night. Like, it was sick. Like, all of the stage show was, it was massive. Like, it was at the Honda Center, and they used all of the, from the stage to the ceiling, they built the wall through the show. And then at points in, at points in the show, the bricks that were probably, like, as big as this table, right? They would be gone in like chunks, and there would be people playing in them. There would be stuff from the the wall movie going on live action in on the wall and stuff, and um, it had the quadraphonic sound, which I don't know what that is, but it literally sounded like like when the helicopters, you know, when all the the sound design stuff's <laughs> going on, it literally sounded like it was going around you. And then at the end of the show, they burst the wall all over the audience, and you're like, oh, what? And you know, and then it. it come to find out like those giant bricks, you know, they're like bouncing up like beach balls and stuff. It was, it was one of the sickest things I've ever seen.
1: I've seen the, there's like (laughs) like a DVD. I've seen the DVD. I've never seen it in real life, but that almost reminds me of a, like what they do at universal when you're on one of those interactive rides where you're, uh, we, what was the ride that we did? Transformers.
0: Transformers. Yeah. Where it's like, you
1: feel it's, it's all like digital stuff, but you feel like, like, you'll feel heat. You'll mm-hmm. feel water coming at you. It's really interactive. Fully immersive. That's super cool. I mean, not many people have the money to do that type of production, but Jesus Christ, imagine if like, a if a tool concert was like you were feeling, you were immersed in the experience. It was just a 3D surround thing. That'd that would be, be so low. cool if more people could do that. What about you guys? I don't know. <laughs> it was probably like when I was on acid at like a... A, I don't know. D- like, best production. EDM show.
0: Yeah. Uh, stage production.
1: Best stage production. The first one that comes to mind is fucking like, I don't know. I don't
0: watain, know. dude.
3: <laughs> I
1: don't know. Wattane was The pig sick. heads and shit. Wattane was sick, but it was very, you know, it's just like there's only a certain amount of stuff yeah, that's yeah. happening. For sure. I don't know. It was I'm like maybe really maybe for, seeing uh, base Nectar back in the day. Base nectar's yeah. setup was insane. Uh, yeah, he changed a lot of. He our killed yeah.
4: He broke my
2: hymen in a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah base Nectar's was
4: pretty so, amazing. Um, but the, but so like every big EDM guy yeah. kind of has that kind of production. That's
1: the thing. It's like, like in you know e- in the EDM, it's like you That's once you get to that point, you ha- yeah, it's baseline. You yeah. have to have that sick of production.
2: Yeah, I just saw Pretty Lights for three nights. Oh, sick! And I mean. He didn't touch me in a lot of ways. Not uh, like basically with yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <shit>. oh. my um, god. <laughs> but I was quite impressed because he had a full band and um, I guess he's sober now, the Derek guy from Pretty Lights and he's got a full band. Um, they played three shows, they're all different. You know, they're kind of everybody's doing the same thing and it all I feel originates back to the most iconic band in the like in the world and that's the Grateful Dead. Like, the Grateful Dead did something that no other band could do. They were going, sw- everyone was swimming against, the, uh, for the with the current, they were swimming against the current, you know? They were all like, everyone's like, okay, do these sweet jam songs and sign a record label and play all those songs at the live show. And Grateful Dead decided, like, nah, like, every single time we play a show, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. And this is why people follow them on tour or did follow them on tour and they follow the great uh dead and company and they followed uh what was it future bus or what was that other one that I don't they know. Did? It was uh, future, now or? now
1: we're to, now also they're doing I don't know future bus but now the Bob is doing like Bob his Weir? yeah Bob Weir's doing like his own thing yeah but yeah. actually Naveen's dad just saw on New Year's Eve Bob yeah in Cali no it was uh, in New Florida York. Oh, Florida? In, yeah, Florida. Yeah, in Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was in Florida.
2: Yeah, he, uh, I ran into him. I used to live in Sausalito on a houseboat, oh, yeah. and uh, he'd come around Sounds quite oftenly, right. and uh, he'd, dress, he'd be snazzy. He was looking good, but he was always drunk. You know, like I, I caught him one time. Like he tripped, and like I don't know if it was the alcohol, but he was definitely having some cocktails and some sushi place. You know, he tripped, like, physically tripped. He physically tripped, yeah, on nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like like made a hole in his really nice slacks and stuff. And I like I ran over there, and you know, and then like probably every person from what is that town, San Rafael, yeah. <laughs> like already got the text. And they're
4: like, Mom, we're foul. We gotta just go save him. Oh. You know. If I was Bob Weir, I'd probably be drunk eating sushi too, just loving my same, life. Same. Yeah.
0: I, I did a weird night like that in Sausalito one time, actually. As a matter of fact. I uh, installed like a whole house of draperies and I took our van up there. And because it, I lived in Santa Cruz, it's like a fu- it's like a fucking two and a half hour drive. Yeah, yeah, if you are And so I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm just gonna like sleep up here for a couple nights mm-hmm. in the van and work during yeah. the day. And so I went up there. And uh, dude, surprisingly enough, like in uh, Sausalito, like have you been there? You've been there. So the downtown, you know, that little downtown yeah, it's a cute, area, dude, boutique. Like, I just parked the van there, yeah, and slept right van. on the water. Like, yeah. on it was honestly something or an experience that people would pay tons of money for. Yeah, it was super fun, and I par- I parked right there. Nobody said shit to me. That like I didn't get hassled at all. I and I. I woke up and made breakfast on my little camping stove, and I was right on the bay. It was cold, obviously. And then uh, I also took a cold shower right there, just like outside of my van, just dunked myself. And it was that was an experience. I mean, at in, a time,
2: everybody was allowed to do that. Yeah. You know? Um, so I was, like, illegally anchored a few times out there. And didn't seem like a problem. It wasn't a problem for a really long time. And then... I guess they had rounded up some money and they went out there and they possessed everybody's boats and... Oh, uh, and the water. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, uh, I was
0: land uh, bound.
2: Yeah. And like they crushed them all. And what that turned into was homeless encampments in the park. lot. they crushed all their boats? Yeah. They crushed the boats. What? Yeah. And like it just made... Because all these people were like living on their boats, you uh-huh. know, for free. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh yeah, then long so short. I mean, it just became this enormous homeless encampment right there in Sausalito, and you know these people pay millions of dollars to live there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like
0: yeah, it was like <clears throat> it was a it was an experience that I think about a lot. Actually, it was really fun.
2: It was one of the best times in my life because it was nice to be. I was working in San Francisco and. I just always wanted to get out of there, you know. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. nice to come home to like just being right on the water. That's when uh,
4: wasn't wasn't that place where we wrote Ghost to, on the Marina about? It was like yeah, it was like a haunted marina. Kinda. That's a
2: totally haunted. One of the marinas that I lived on was, was like completely haunted marina. I'd always hear like just like these, like this high angelic voice that would just wake you up when you're sleeping. And it's just singing. It's beautiful, and it f- sounded like a female's voice, you know. And then. Everyone else there that was like in and out, whether they were docked legally or illegally anchored or whatever, like ev- everybody started to talk about it. After I had heard it, then that's when like I was having conversations about it and people were all very aware it was like, oh, yeah, there's definitely ghosts on this marina. And that actually led to
4: a song that we never released. Yeah. Was there anything yeah. else
1: that uh, led you to believe that there were it was haunted?
2: Uh, I mean, jellyfish are pretty scary looking. That's true. So that's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> jellyfish fish are, are fascinating yeah. looking. Yeah. We don't even yeah.
0: need ghosts with those fucking things around. <laughs> no, Imagine if like, came out of the water and flew around.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, they remind you of ghosts, you know? Like, <laughs> so, I mean, if they need to, they're soluble. So,
1: 100%. Well, that's crazy. So, uh, we haven't even talked. We didn't talk about when you moved to. Where did you move first? So I'm asking, yeah, I'm just fascinated with you, with how you were moving around the world. Like, what place did you move to first outside oh, of the U.S.? Oh, uh,
2: outside of the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I used to go to Mexico all the time with my family. Mm-hmm. But we never, we only do like, you know, the all-inclusive resort type of mumbo-jumbo. And uh, I think it was, yeah, it was Colombia. I went down to Colombia, and I was, like, one of the very few white people there, like, because it was now becoming, like, a, uh, like maybe tourists wanted to test the waters, you know?
0: Where, where did you go?
2: I went to, straight to Bogota. And the funniest part about that was My that, brother did that, too. I, thought, yeah. I wonder if it
0: was around the same time. Uh, this
2: was about 2011.
1: Same exact time.
2: Really? It was around same that time? Same exact time, time yeah. yeah. They went we to, to Bogota fists. and call, uh, Cali. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, it was funny too because how I got to Bogota was just like completely random. Um, I had bought a ticket to Medellin and I didn't know it was vice versa. Sorry, I went to Medellin the first time and uh, I had bought a ticket to Bogota. And it was just like, oh, if I ha- I was using prepaid visas at the time, I didn't have a bank account. So I was like, oh, if I got enough money, it was like $110 to fly to Bogota from like Oakland, you know, like yeah. one way. Wow. So crazy. I was like, oh, if I got enough money on this thing, then I guess I'm going to Columbia, you know, it just reminds me of uh, uh, Chandler. He's like, I guess I'm going to Yemen. <laughs> yeah. You I know, to get away from Janice.
1: <laughs> well, oh, yeah, I guess I'm Janice. going to Yemen.
2: You know. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I had missed my flight because Colombia is like one of the few places in Latin America where you have to show proof of leaving, of exiting the country after uh, 90 days or less. So they, it was the last flight of the night and it was just like, I don't know, JetBlue or something. And uh, they just ended up giving me a flight the next day. And I was just like, just so had you to had show like proof. a one way I had a one way ticket, one-way ticket. yeah. Like, yeah wait, so I just faked. Leaving? Yeah, I, I, it was just a one way ticket. And, yeah. um, I just faked a itinerary and I went back the next night for my flight. And, um, we were going to have a layover in Fort Lauderdale and we ended up sitting there for like four hours on the runway in Oakland. And they were like, Oh, they on the intercom. They're like, Oh, if you guys have a flight from Fort Lauderdale to Bogota and to wherever else, don't worry. They're going to wait for us. We're like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, as soon as we get to Fort Lauderdale, nobody's there. So they give us all hotels, free drinks. And, um, uh, Uber passes. Wow. That's that the first time dramatic. anyone's ever we heard deal. of an airline
1: doing that. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: Usually they just <laughs> screw you yeah, over. It. Yeah, usually yeah, like, they're
1: like, you can so sleep in the airport.
2: Yeah, they gave me a hotel, and I had free drinks at the, uh, at the bar in the hotel. So I just got... Of course you didn't drink pl- anything plastered. at all. <laughs> I just got <laughs> plastered. And I was supposed to be at... My next flight in the morning I was supposed to leave at like 7 a.m., and I literally woke up and saw the clock, and it was 7.01. Oh, my God. And I was like that's the time I'm supposed to be on the plane, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so like I pack up, I'm like, oh shit, I just know there's like a two hour window that you can get, you don't have to pay for another ticket. And I don't know if that's gone now after uh, the plant, the pandy, but um, yeah, so, I get there and they're like, okay, uh, we don't have any more flights to Bogota. I'm just like, well, then fucking fly me to Venezuela or something or Ecuador or wherever, dude. I'm trying to get out of here, you know. And they're all like, she's like, "Uh," you know, and she's just like, we have a ticket to Medellin. And I was just like, wherever that is, I'm down, you know, (laughs) like I didn't even look it up. And I was just like, I had no idea where Medellin was. And I get there and I'm just like, it's Colombia. So I'm just all like, I didn't know Spanish at the time. Or I knew, like, very little. And I'm just, like, Casa de Tourists? <laughs> you know, like, looking for a hostel or something? I'm like, Casa de Tourists. You know, and this guy, like, takes me. Uh, I'm in a taxi. And he, like, takes me to, like, uh, uh, a Casa de Cambios, which is, like, to ch- exchange your money. And I was just, like, I go up to the person. And I was just, like, this doesn't look like a hotel, you know? And, like, I was just, like, okay, yeah, you go to this place. So he sends me. It was, like, we go to the, it was the Buddha host, the Hostel. And that changed my life. Because of that, I met this guy, and he was just kind of like, ayahuasca is ready for you, you know? (laughs) And I was just like,
1: yeah. he just said that, just randomly? Yeah, I mean, he was just like a super
2: level-headed, down-to-earth, like, Australian-Iranian guy. And I was just like, yeah, I didn't want to, like, seek it out, you know? And he was just like, no, brother, I really think, it's ready for you, you know? I was just like, cool, you know? So he invites me to this uh brother shamans that were living out in the jungle, and I ended up living with them for three months. So before I even decided to go check out Colombia and the rest of uh, Latin America. Damn, that's sick. So, so you like, live with these guys in yeah, the jungle? I lived with them for three and a half months, and we were drinking ayahuasca, like, two to three times a week. And, like, it got to a point where, like, I was just like, oh, man, I don't feel like 100% dedicated to this like everybody else here. Like, I don't want a regime. You know, I'm like, I'm a very undisciplined human being. You know, like, I still wanted to see the rest of the the world, you know. And I just hitchhiked out of there. And I went all the way down to Patagonia and went to Lake Titicaca and jumped in the water and then hitchhiked all the way back to (laughs) Colombia. I know that sounds like kind of weird. It was a, a crazy experience the whole way through it all. And I was just, you know, sleeping outside manifesting bus tickets and meeting cool people and letting sleep in their places. And I just wasn't spending any money and I was playing guitar and like parks and stuff like that. And I'd play, uh, I play guitar just like at the, uh, the center where all the buses are. Cause everybody just travels on like these big tour buses everywhere, you know? And I didn't have any money, you know, but I wanted to like not do the hitchhiking cause some countries were a little bit easier to do like Ecuador, easy Colombia not very easy <clears throat> Peru coast, but interior, Didn't have any luck. Chile, easy. You know, Argentina, it differed. If you're on the coast, it seems easier to hitchhike. Interior was always a lot more difficult, and it was weird because Colombia, I never had any luck in Colombia. But um, so, you know, I play music to just a bunch of people who have no idea what I'm saying. And I don't even, I'm just making stuff, words up and like ripping off some. Portugal the man chords or something <laughs> like that you know it was like the only things i could play you know like i was like do <laughs> box you know like and the people would just give me money or buy me a ticket
3: <laughs> do you do you know <laughs> that's the amazing, that man. We got?
2: yeah i mean it didn't come with a it was there were some trials and tribulations too of you man. know like yeah, that's I mean, living, and it went on for years. And it went on and for, for years,
4: years and years and years. <laughs> and every now and then he would come back and ha- stay where I was staying with me, and we would make music to oh, tie wow. all
1: together. Yeah, no, that's uh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So to you didn't live. I guess you lived in a. I lived in San, San Jose, Jose, right? Or yeah. Santa Clara? Yeah. So, so did, were you doing this while so you were in the arcade?
0: So whack after what you just said. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but were, you, were you doing this while, you're, while you while were playing in arcade? Yeah, on? working
0: a nine to five. Because it's <laughs> actually uh, Cupertino, California. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I would go to In
4: and Out <laughs> maybe twice a month. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would Nordstrom, get great deals at taxes. the malls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, we had a Hills uh, we- uh, Westfield mall, actually, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I bought
4: a pair of shoes there once. <laughs> 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 yeah
2: but yeah i come over and i mean we just bang it out and we were doing it like really quickly too you know like making music because like i kind of had us an idea when i wanted to go you know yeah and i always just buy one-way tickets out and so like that kind of put a you know fire under our booties you know whether and, or not we were crunchy the next morning because like Cause we went out we yeah we <laughs> definitely know how to keep a party going yeah. You know, so
4: like... But weren't doing it while we were. Uh, I was in Archaic.
1: No, wasn't hap- So y- it was you quit Archaic and then yeah. you started this that, project.
4: So yeah, we, so qu- I quit Archaic in like 2012. Mm-hmm. And then probably we started doing this in like 2018. Okay, got you. Uh, so
2: there's really a six here, yeah. Appetite.
4: Oh yeah, well that was while I was in Archaic. When I first st- got like a laptop and was like, I want to try to make electronic music. um Logic? Yeah, about logic, and I was like, oh, because, I don't know, I feel like we sh- uh, should, like, re-re-rewind and kind of tell, like, how we met, I feel like.
1: Tell like it. Tell it up, it. man. Let's yeah.
4: go. So I was a slave that just got back <laughs> from, I was right off the boat. And, right uh, off the
1: boat from Texas. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. We were looking for someone to flip Down burgers. the Rio Grande. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he had strong toes. <laughs> yeah. He had, uh, yeah, he had what you'd call... Um, Uh, burger
0: flipping toes burger
4: flipping toes yeah and mute eyelids (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. Wait, okay so jared is from canyon lake canyon lake as well okay
4: yeah um and so all right so uh so we had a um we we were we were doing archaic and my neighbor behind us was like hey we're gonna throw this christian festival at the baseball stadium um Around where we live, you guys would oura want to play it it 'll pay five hundred bucks, and we were like no i don't i 't think our would be a good fit But we 're like we want that five hundred dollars so yeah, we're, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like we're like let 's put together a band um and um you know write some music that is kind of cool with positive overtones, and if we like the band then we'll we 'll continue it because me and Jared have just like you know like really gotten into Mars Volta and tool and um all that stuff so we jared was like i'm gonna play drums and i was like well i'll I'll play guitar and so he was jared was dating this chick that um was friends with one of our other mutual friends his name is brandon um and so she was like hey he'll come over and try out for bass um and so he did and we ended up becoming friends and um and he ended up playing bass for it and we were like we need a singer and he was like yo one of my best buds um like is has is a good singer we've written some songs together um he showed us some stuff that was like on his phone and we're like cool like um bring him over and so he came over and we were always we had the jam spot at my house for archaic to practice so we you know it was easy for us to jam so cameron came over and we immediately just started jamming and cameron just like let out just whatever into the microphone and we were like whoa damn that sounds like that sounds sick like you know i still think cameron is one of the most unique voices i've ever heard so we were like that's thank you yeah i was like this sounds dope (laughs) like let's do it so we wrote a bunch of songs um we were like super like we're like we were like ripping off incubus and protest the hero and um you know probably tool type sound you know um this what we were going for. Anyways, the show never ended up happening. Like, it fell through. Never,
1: never... No $500. No $500. Um,
4: but we all kind of became friends and um, kind of bonded over, like, System of the Down and Mars Volta and uh, Tool and... Um, Uh, what was the other, Oh, like protest the hero and stuff. So, and then became friends. And so we're like, well, we got this band. Um, we wrote some songs that we like. So we went and we made a demo, um, started playing kind of around our little area. Um, and then went and then made another demo, um, at the same place that Archaic recorded their first album at Seahorse Sound. Um, and then we're like, well, we wanted to like, take it, take it seriously. We're like, this is cool. Like if we could get Archaic doing its thing and we have this other band, like that would be dope. Um, so then we like started playing around San Diego and LA and, um, hit the key club once, We played the key club. I think we <laughs> played it brick by brick in San Diego yeah. and, oh, yeah. um, you know, we we're super proud of our demo and we we're like, we want to do it. And then it kind of just, I think it, it just kind of like kind of fizzled out. Archaic ended up kind of getting signed to the unique leader at that point. So we were like, kind of started really focusing on that. And then, um, yeah. And then we just all kind of, I don't know, it just kind of fell apart. Cameron ended up like doing his traveling vagabond thing um but we all stayed friends like because you know we were all always still hanging out and um going to festivals and stuff together so we kept in touch from that point forward and then cameron did all this really dope awesome traveling stuff and uh fast forward to about like 20 that's when we made that one song that he was talking about like well during that time um that was our first little foray into him recording me making like an electronic beat and then him singing to it and we're like oh that sounds kind of cool you know super dubsteppy yeah Mm -hmm. And then uh, that was kind of it for that. Um, and then fast forward from that time, 2012, 2013, fast forward to about 2018. Um, and I'm, you know, kind of, I had been out of Archaic for about, since about the same time, 2012, 2013. Was fat focusing on my Bastic Legion dubstep project. And then, you know, Cameron would come back to town and stay where I was staying. And a couple times, like, he had come and we'd hung out. And then I'm like, dude, why don't, like why don't we make some music? Like, I've got all the stuff, you know, I've got a microphone, like, let's make a couple tunes. So we made a song. Sworn. sworn. yeah, we yeah, made Sworn. Sworn, Paint the Dark. Paint the Dark. And then after about, I don't know how long it took, um, if it was in one, like, week period that you came, or if it was, like, over a long period of time.
2: No, because that was when I was uh, healing from surgery. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's when so we made that a, first EP. I kept EP. on coming back around, because, like, I was, you know, I had just, like, Ripped apart my whole knee and had to get, like, full knee reconstruction. So I was down in San Diego doing, like, rehab. and doing What happened to your knee? Oh, I got jumped by a bunch of gutter punks in Chile. And I jumped. <laughs> yeah, I had, like, well. jumped. And I, I was just, you know, I'd killed, like, you know, two boxes of wine the night before. So I was still feeling it in the morning. And then... And that all happened in the morning, you know. There's just like, you know, like seven little gutter punks from Argentina were just like causing trouble. And so, like, I'm out, they're coming after me. I'm just like, oh shit, you know. Like, and I start running the other way, and I've got like thick ass, like, Irish center boots on that like, I can't even like run in, right? And like, this town is Valparaiso, and it's just like all stairs everywhere it's all on hills you know so there's just stairs everywhere I don't know where I'm going and like I just leap like I I can fly or something like 20 steps and when I land like that hit my head right on the concrete legs just like like that and that's uh, yeah,
4: jack to tore your ACL right? Uh,
2: ACL LCL NCL all the L's um (laughs) Yeah, MC I square. shattered, All the- I <laughs> shattered <laughs> my shin bone and fractured, like, the lower half of my tibia, or what is that called? Tibula? Tibia. 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 The, big, the big thingy? Yeah. Over the knee?
1: Uh, no idea. What's that thingy called? A femur. Femur.
3: Mm-hmm. No, there
1: yeah. we go. Femur, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Nothing like what any of us said. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was like <laughs> a tibia. A tibia. A tibia? A tibia. Yeah. A lemuria. So <laughs> you,
1: because of that, you had to be in the States because you're- yeah. Yeah,
2: because I I, I didn't have insurance, so I needed to figure that all out, and uh, my pops had two houses down in San Diego, one was like, you know, a mobile estate that I was living at, and he was like preparing his new home or whatever, somewhere else, and so I was pretty gracious for that, Uh, I had a place to rest my head at night, and um, yeah, I had to go through that whole process, and then I just kind of buzzed off, fucked off from uh, rehab way too early. Moved into my Mazda 3 and went up to San Francisco and was living in my Mazda 3 with, like, a leg that needs to be completely elevated and stuff, like, still oh and God. everything. Yeah, it took me years just to even, like, feel confident with that knee again just because I didn't do the uh, rehabilitation correctly. It took me years.
1: Dude, that's the thing. If you don't pay attention to like what the doctor is telling you, it actually, or just doing the correct rehab, it can totally fuck you up. And it takes so much longer to, to heal it then.
4: Or it won't even heal at all. Or, or it won't it, heal. it will heal incorrectly and then you're all jacked up for. I mean, also I, I was quite
2: the drunkard too at the time because I, emotionally I was in a r- tough spot, you know, cause I had a girlfriend down in uh, Chile and. We broke up and then I, the leg thing happened and then I had to come all the way back up to the States and like, I was just kind of like broken hearted yeah. and just, you know, using alcohol the, for an escape and that definitely didn't help the healing process either.
1: So what did you do to stop being an alcoholic? Did you like just cut uh, yourself off cold turkey or
2: I've done that too many times. I can't say I ever stopped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
3: yeah.
2: I'm like, just because it's January ask, doesn't mean you you're not going to <laughs> see me in my party suit next February. True that, but so. you're, not, you're
1: not a full-blown alcoholic from my No, I'm not. So. No.
2: I know people are way worse, thankfully. Well, so what do you do?
1: So what do you do to switch out of that, like, alcoholic tendency? There, okay. Yeah, there you go.
2: Psychedelics. Yeah, that definitely... And uh, it, It's weird, too, because it's not like... I don't see it, like... Oh immediate you're all like I'm shifted and everything's lifted and you know I'm, I'm crazy town you know song or something like that it's like it, you, you see you see down the road I don't know why it just shifted lifted come, oh come my name that's come not a crazy my town big up yeah, shit yeah, yeah, shell just, shock yeah, no, yeah. shifted <laughs> oh, oh what uh, song jay, is that johnny or jay something sugar
1: like. sugar how you get it's so fly.
2: yeah <laughs> yeah one of those guys from the the 90s um <laughs> You know, but I just had that cool feeling, you know, <laughs> in their songs. But yeah, long story it's short. The, it's the ultimate <laughs> feeling. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah it.
2: Ooh-wee. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. man. There we Full go. Circle. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the psychedelics thing. Like, it's like a, it, you're like building your steps, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're like microdosing, you'll see six months down the road, like, the improvement you've made. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like, yeah. yeah, it's not like some hero's journey. And then all of a sudden, like now you're preaching your parents and all your friends after or something like that. You know, it's like you're just like you're starting to see like you're building healthier habits and the shittier habits seem to start to become irrelevant and they just disintegrate. You know, yeah, where you are all like, oh, OK, no, I'm not huffing, you know, whippets
4: every Tuesday anymore or something like that, you know? (laughs) I do, like, I like micro-dosing, but I do think there is something to be said if you do eat, like, a large amount of psychedelics Mm -hmm. that can put things into perspective, too, you know what I mean? It kind of takes you out of your day to day minutia, gives you the cosmic perspective, and you can kind of be like, "Oh, I should probably get my shit together a little bit." You know? What
1: I, I mean? agree with that. Yeah. I agree with you one hundred percent. I like to do that like once or twice a year. Yeah. Just do a, a reset. But I still, at the same time, I agree with Cam that it does. It's not just a an immediate no. shift the minute yeah. that I trip. It's it's months down the road thinking about the trip. It, the trip. You know, I'm super introspective while it's happening, obviously, but but some of those things I just don't even revisit until weeks or months down the road. It takes a while to integrate. It takes a while, yeah. Mm. But that's what's so cool about it, I think, because I don't think that an immediate shift would actually be a life-changing shift. You know, because sometimes when you, like, immediately shift into things, you immediately shift out of them as well. Like, things that take a while to integrate, things that take a while to, like take off in your life those are the things that actually stick over time at least in my own living experience which is not the same as everyone else's
2: yeah i mean because like i can't tell you how many times like i've been i've taken like a lot of drugs or psychedelics medicine and i'm just like (laughs) trying to telepathically like communicate with dualipa i'm like please let's just meet us (laughs) in the same place i'm gonna sweep you (laughs) off your feet i know i am
4: you know like Dua Lipa, do you hear me? You know, like that only works if you're in an eight mile radius of the yacht that she's hanging out on. Yeah, you're right. You're right. On my way to Myokinos then.
1: You know, while this is all like, it's hella funny to joke about this shit. The the reality is that and people will make fun of like manifesting and all of those things. If you use those terms, they're like, oh, that's just new age bullshit. There's are so many things in my life that I do not think would have occurred without me actually manifesting them first. Oh, hell yeah. Like Absolutely. there's no way, like so many things have happened that have lined up perfectly to what my hopes and dreams were for that thing that it's like, coincidences exist for sure, but at a certain point, so many coincidences happen that it's like, have I been manifesting this you know yeah. what is there a manifestation? you have to have
0: that vision of where you're gonna go and work uh, towards it every day? I Absolutely. do think
1: I do believe one hundred
4: percent in synchronicity as well too though I think you know feel like uh you know like there's a lot of new age new age buzz terms that people like to cap on and hate, but yeah. I mean there's something to it, you know what I mean I feel yes. like yes. Dead ass, dead ass. <laughs> no, cap. <laughs> no cap, no cap, on God cat. for real. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think you have to believe in magic in order to get it, though. I think that, yeah. I think that's the thing. If you believe that the that reality is this dead mechanistic accident um, that's just a series of things playing out like that don't matter, then I think you might get that. But if you believe in magic, you'll you'll experience it, and that's only from experience too. That's the kind of thing that. That you can't like tell people quantifiably, but you're like if you if you experiment with it in your life, like you might see some return on that.
1: I totally agree. And the fascinating thing to me is that I think that some people are very quick to turn down those things. Like you'll come across people in your life who never see anything as a potential possibility. You know what I mean? There are people who are so negative that they'll take any positive thing that you say, and they're like that could never, ever fucking happen. And then you see bad things happen for those people. You see their life continuing on in a negative direction, but anyone who I've ever been around who had that kind of outlook that these things can exist, they might exist. And if so, then I'm going to believe in those things or at least, you know, pursue the potential that manifesting that, that believing in myself, believing in the world and that good things do happen. Those people, good things tend to happen to those people. They tend to achieve their dreams. If they, say hey i'm going to start this business i'm going to do this those things kind of take off for the the people who believe in them
0: yeah i mean you're what you're what you're you are what you think about all day long
1: i think so yeah
0: yeah, yeah for sure and it's, it's like you're going to go in that direction so and so. even if it's placebo effect even if you're like oh the yeah, clock yeah, said 11:11 exactly. 11,
4: 11, and um i saw those sparrows fly by so that means that i'm going to get this job interview and i'm going to kill it and then it happens like even if it's a placebo effect, I mean, it works, right? Yeah, what's the <laughs> yeah. difference? Or is it real magic? You know what I mean? Is it your spirit guides like placing that symbol in you so that symbol unlocks something in your subconscious so that you act differently during this experience that you're trying to have so that the outcome from that experience is exactly what you
0: desire? I don't know. That or placebo seem cool to me. <laughs> you yeah. know I'm Either way, we're going in the right direction. You know, exactly. we're trying to trying to go that way. And that's definitely been a thing for me you know, as well.
2: What's uh? I I don't. Are you guys into your like horoscope or your your star signs at all?
1: I uh. I wouldn't say that I'm fully into anything. I'm like super neutral, but I'm down to hear it out. I'm down to explore those things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not closed off to anything in the world. Yeah. But I'm also not open to anything in the world. Does that make sense?
2: No, I get it. Yeah, Yeah. Like I'm
1: always. Which I mean, going back to my horoscope, I'm a Libra. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm always trying to, yeah, Yeah, thank you, (laughs) thank you. you. But the balance, balance. like, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. it is because I'm a Libra. Maybe it's not because I'm a Libra, but I do like throughout my life, I'm so into the balance of things. I Mm -hmm. like the yin and the yang. And uh, that has been the healthiest thing for me personally to just say, you know, maybe these things do exist. Maybe they don't exist. Maybe horoscope is true. Maybe it's false, but I'm going to at least read it. Yeah. And see what's up with it, and, and know, it know about it. it. Yeah, well, you,
4: I think that non-attachment to outcome is, you know, there's something to that, right? You're not putting all your eggs in a basket, so you're leaving yourself open to all the possibilities. Instead of some person going, yeah. "I only believe that I can manifest these things," and then and then yeah. and then closing theirself off to other possibilities, or people that go, "I don't believe in, in any of that," and then closing theirself off to all the possibilities on the other side. You're like your neutrality is leaving you open to a greater, wider range of possibilities.
2: But now, like. We're in a new era, and like we've we talked about it multiple times, and always bring it back up the quickening, you know. Like we're now we're seeing things that I felt like there was a point where like people who wanted to unlock the the mysteries of the world and their own outcomes and like, this synchronicity and manifestation, like they they were giving themselves uh, a one up on the opportunity to you know achieve their greatest desires, um, you know, live a healthy life, whatever they were deciding, whatever they're set their intentions on, they could manifest it. Right. But now it's just like, I think we're just in a new era where things are shifting and we're getting closer to a whole nother solar system that has its own wisdom, you know, like now we can see Andromeda in the sky, like come November, you know, and like, that's, that's the Milky Way of, what is that Lemuria or pleiades pleiades it's a pleiades mm-hmm. so like what if there there might be something to it but like the energy is elevating and people who aren't on the same page and weren't into the new age mumbo jumbo mm-hmm. like they're seeing things too you know they're mm-hmm. seeing things now because like we're all in this together collectively you know they may not believe in that we're all into this together but yeah. like i think things are Really shining light in other people's life that maybe had a lot of darkness, or just they were, you know, naive about it, or you know, whatever, you know. But now things are just like we talk about it. And now it's just like, what is it, what was I saying?
4: Um, when like that's is coming into effect almost immediately now, you know. Oh yeah. So the quickening is something that we've noticed. It seems like the time between something and its manifestation is is getting quicker and quicker, and it's showing up in different ways, like. So what I've noticed is like, if I'm thinking about something like it'll show up in my reality, like super fast, like not like I want a million dollars, but like the other day I was thinking about Bill and Ted, like in the shower, just because I don't know, I was just spacing out in the shower and I was thinking about Bill and Ted. And then like literally after I got out of the shower and opened my phone, I saw this meme about Bill and Ted. And then I had a conversation with my buddy, Josh, and he brought up Bill and Ted in the conversation and like that type of stuff is happening. A lot, like to, to a profound like uh, degree to where I'm like, wow, like there's something to this, I feel like.
1: That even happened right before you guys got here. Uh, Naveen said that he never thinks about tour, and then we just got some news about a tour. I was like, l- thinking I,
0: about tour, and I, which I, believe it or not, I never think about tour when I'm at home. And I was just thinking about just certain aspects of touring. And and I was thinking that it was weird that I was thinking about it because I was like, wow, I tour so much and I never really think about it. And then Chaney just comes in with some news about tour. Yeah.
1: I also just, I'll find myself like having dreams about things or thinking about things maybe in an, in an anxious way, like before I wake up. I don't know if that ever happens to you guys, but I'll be like halfway between sleeping or uh, waking and dreaming and I'll like have an anxiety or I'll think about something and then I wake up and I look at my phone and it's like, Oh that thing Like something to do With that thing is happening
0: Yeah, yeah. And it couldn't have been Your phone listening Because you never even Said it out yeah, loud it's mm-hmm. Yeah it's unspoken no. yeah and so what Cameron was
4: talking about like with there's a lot of different things going on cosmologically right regardless of the shape of the planet you know whatever it could be right space <laughs> uh, you know like like there's something that's been happening within the last two decades that has been making the time it seem like it's increasing exponentially right like the type of shit that happened in the last four years would have took in two decades to, ha- to happen yeah, and yeah. and and it's just getting faster and faster so like I don't know who came up with the term quickening I feel like I read it somewhere in a blog, but it just stuck with me. But it seems like we're getting into that place where not only is time speeding up, things that used to take longer periods of time are happening in shorter periods of time, but the time between thought and it manifesting or popping into your reality is also getting faster and faster to the point where like like, like, who knows like there might be a point in time where we hit like instant like manifestation like we might be like if you're into the hor- like the cosmological aspects in astrology right we're ent- exiting one long period of time our planet has been in the age of Pisces for like the last 26,000 years and we're going into the age of Aquarius which is another 26,000 year cycle as our um, planet goes through like the procession of the equinoxes on a larger scale and maybe that's not the right term, I'm not super well versed in astrology, but it, it, it hits every sign of the zodiac for about 26,000 years. And in between the 26,000 years, there's smaller 12,000 year cycles. So in Hindu in, uh, like Hindu um, cosmology and spirituality, they those are called yugic cycles. Every yugic yeah. cycle is 26,000 years. So we're at the end of a yugic cycle going into the beginning of another one. And so we're going out of a yugic cycle. I, I don't know if it's the Kali Yuga or the other one, but we're going or out of... You you yeah yeah and so we're going out of a dark age cycle into a like a like a light age cycle like and so out of the age of Pisces um, according to uh, you know Egyptian western astrology because Hindi astrology has it they have their own cosmology their own astrology that's super dope just like the Chinese astrology has their own every culture has their own map of the stars that is how you navigate reality on a micro scale and a macro scale right so the age of Pisces was all about the individual right which is why you got cult of personalities which is why kings were important which is why you guys got got like Hitler the celebrity right it was about the individual and and so the whole idea of the age, like Jesus, Lucifer, Satan, it was all about one dude. This one dude's going to do everything. Martin Luther King, the bad guy, the good guy. <clears throat> so... Yeah, it was a twenty-six thousand year cycle where we really got the idea of the individual, the individuation of the ego. Like you, you either refined yourself to like the Christ-like state where you're the baddest individual ever, or you went down the left-hand path and you were like a Hitler or whatever, right? So imagine now where we've had as a human collective the ability to refine the individual to its highest exalted form. The next age, the age of Aquarius, is all about community. So imagine uh, a, a, a like every exalted individual that has refined themselves to the point of badassery creating communities of those individuals right and so that's kind of like what the next age is about I don't know I forgot why I went on this rant but Cameron inspired me
2: to right. (laughs) can you actually hit the coolest sample that he just did it like
3: bing (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
4: there it is. Yeah, that anyway, was dope, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my spiel about that thing. Um, I, I had that. a reason, though. like I wanted to tie it in because you like, oh, inspired I, I, me. I brought up something.
2: Uh, the
4: quickening. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I think that is part and parcel of why the quickening has happened because we might be going into a new age where time is com- we experience time on a completely different like scale. like, it, like How time affects us and mm-hmm. we experience it in our corporal reality will be completely different. And we're, be- we're witnessing the beginning of that. So the speeding up might turn into an, an instant manifestation type thing. We might be entering a, a whole new reality where we experience time differently. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> might be pretty cool, yeah, man. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I love that. I mean, time is one of those things that is impossible to really wrap your, your mind around. Yeah. And uh, it's sort of like not really a thing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, really it's, it's not. No. It's not. not we a just thing. accept it as a <laughs> yeah. thing. We you accept know? it as like. a thing. And
1: the way that people experience time is very different. Yeah. It's Uh-oh. very broad among different individuals. It depends. Uh, and if, cultures. Yeah. And cultures. If you're waiting on something, time moves so much slower. Yeah. yeah. And if something, uh, like, cool is happening to you in the moment time moves so much quicker time flies like when you're having fun time flies when you're having fun i mean mm. there's a reason that exists it's real
0: it's relative yeah. there's no yeah. way to re-experience time no like if you were because well, it doesn't do exist for 20 years and then there's no way if, when you get to the end of the 20 years to look back and relive that that time but a fascinating part
1: possible. of being a human is that so much of our time is spent trying to relive Something that we experienced before, whether it be like the first time you went to this crazy party, you know, the first time that we do things, I feel like is really the most monumental in our lives. And we spend so much time chasing that like white pony, you know, or chasing that, like chasing that thing.
4: That's drug addiction in a nutshell.
0: You're trying to get that first high all over again.
1: Uh, Absolutely. You know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you live in the past, it's called, it's called anxiety. I mean, it's called depression. Yep. And if you live in the future, it's called anxiety.
1: But living the mo- living in the moment is the hardest thing to yeah. to get yeah. to why it's achieve. It's called the present. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't but know about you
0: guys, but I'm constantly every day, like trying to tell myself to just enjoy where I'm at in the moment. Yeah,
1: be here now. Yeah, be yeah. here now. I mean, so many aspects so of like trying to yeah, find really or hard. achieve spirituality, individual spirituality, are based around being present in the moment yeah. yeah, and it's so hard to do because I know that, you know, while you're having conversations, you're thinking about other things. You're thinking about what am I doing tomorrow? What am I eating? Or, you know, it's, yeah. it's so hard. It's so impossible to live in the moment that when you do it's, you know, those few minutes, because I don't always live in the moment. I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's like the, the few moments that you achieve in your life where you are living in the moment. It's, it, it's so sweet and it's so crazy, but it's so hard to do. Yeah. Unless
2: you really have to pee. Like, <laughs> yeah, then know, then it's like just, the worst <laughs> time to and live in the moment. Like, I have, you
3: know? to, have to, that's to pee so bad. You're
4: like, God, can I just like, put my head somewhere else? I and feel you know? like
1: that. Yeah. That's so easy to live yeah. in the moment. But, <laughs> yeah. you know?
4: Maybe that's the key. Never pee.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: actually, uh, that's where I need to ask where the restroom is
0: right across the hall. You'll, you'll see it, no problem there.
4: But yeah, and it's funny too because, you know, we do spend all our time either good like... Good segue, by the way. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that really, was really good. <laughs> and it's actually so profoundly true. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: That'll put you right in the moment. It will, and there, you can't escape it. <clears throat> no.
1: <clears throat> but I, yeah, so where are you with... Uh, like, what is your spirituality? Where is your spirituality at? Do you have spirituality? Are you like...
4: <sighs> yeah, I, I think... Um, for I don't know I I think it's a grab bag of everything that makes sense to me because um, I'm really into it and I've I've kind of just on my own time studied a lot of the different ones and I feel like there's the big picture and every different spirituality shines a different light on a different portion of the big picture yeah. you know what I mean like like. Christ was a dope dude if he was real. The government killed him. What's that tell you about him, right? And he was like, you know, he's got a dope way to live his life. Uh, It's weird that the religion made it all about his death because his life was all about him becoming an ascended master and performing miracles and walking on water. And he says things like, "You will do works as good as me, even greater." And tells you the kingdom of God is within, right? So there's a lot of good stuff in there, especially the the mystical forms of Christianity. The Gnostics like had a, a lot of interesting things to say. So that shines a decent light on this part of the big picture. But like you know, the the Hindu religion uh, has amazing things to say about the the fabric of reality and the nature of it and the infinite and how everything is a reflection of everything else and like has some deep like insightful profound things to say about that. And then Buddhism has some amazing ways to kind of keep you in the moment. So like each spirituality shines a really dope light on a different portion of the big picture. So if you like check out enough of them, it kind of gives you like a cool little like uh, scattered view of the whole big picture that you can kind of piece yeah. together on your own.
1: I absolutely agree with that. And that's why it's so hard for me to understand when someone commits so hard to one facet of that. Yeah. Because I feel like that's only one way to look at the world. And, the, and then, um, ironically, the way that they look at the world becomes through this little straw. Sort of, yeah, narrow. Yeah, yeah super uh, narrow uh, seeing
0: everything through like one filter it's, it's easy because yeah. people
4: just want an easy answer they want something that they can put it yeah. everything in this box and go now everything makes sense yeah. based on this box that it's in I don't have to think anymore I don't have
1: to think anymore I just do all of these things and they yeah. they just adhere all to this thing and I've got it yeah. I'm good
4: and they'll do mental gymnastics when you bring up contradictions and they'll oh, be God. like uh, uh, exactly. yeah. uh, that,
1: that exactly. is a huge problem that I have is that I've found when you go to argue about those things that, yeah, it's a, a million mental gymnastics. You bring up one part and they're like, well, you have to look at it in a different way. They didn't actually mean to frame yeah, it yeah. exactly how it was framed there. So to me, the, the question is like, so how are there certain things that are just perfectly said? And those are things that we're supposed to take literally. And then there are other parts that they're just not framed the right yeah. way. Oh, well, that was a parable. Yeah.
4: And you're like, okay, that's, there's a lot of good stuff there, but it doesn't mention any of this other stuff. You know what I mean? And maybe it do, it does, but we don't know. But like, you know, a lot of let's say, let's just I'm not like I'm not have anything against Christians or Christianity, but like, you know, Christianity's got a lot, of good, a lot of good stuff, but it doesn't say anything about the fabric of reality and the nature of existence yeah, yeah. on a giant yeah. cosmic scale, which I think is a lot of good, really good info. You know what I mean? Like, there, if good you, info, right? there. Good info right there that you, yeah. that's yeah, applicable to your life, and it's nice to have that that giant panned out perspective. You know, but Christians will be like, well, no, that's just demon worship. The guy's got eight arms. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> obviously it's devil worship. <laughs> you know.
1: You know, it's so. Fast. Fascinating mm-hmm. to me. I'm not going to name the band, but when I was a kid, uh, I my band opened for this band. I was in a local band. We opened for a big band, and they were a Christian band. And I was so fascinated h- at how much weed they smoked and how much they drank. Like, you know, it's like you kind of look at religious people as if they're supposed to abstain from those type of things because certain mm. religions do, but it's some people get too. super... Yeah, they're humans. No, they're they, humans some people too. just get super was fucked up. Was this
2: like and, the era where, like, Straight Edge became, like, this was like more like it was, they were
1: a Christian band, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't no, a straight up. you
2: opened up for Creed. I, yeah,
1: I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say their well, name. I heard he's a wacko.
2: <laughs> he's doing cameo though. Twenty five k.
1: Twenty five k for yeah, a cameo. Yeah. Fuck. I mean,
4: do you not want higher sung at your uh, business meeting? <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, all right, you have to tell the story about when Scott Stepp tried to feed you chicken McNuggets out of his hand.
1: All right, I didn't want to bring yeah. it up. Yeah. Fuck, I told you not to bring it up, but all right. I'll.
0: So. Uh, Loose so. lips. Lose, yeah, I lips. think when when you think of <laughs> Crash cars. Uh, this is blasphemous what I'm going to say. But when you think of as religion as ideas, I believe it it becomes more fascinating for me. Yeah. Then being it's like a, this is yeah. the. Spoken word of God, and yeah, you have to yeah. take everything. Absolutely. The religions
2: does it contains you. You can't have the freedom to think like that. Yeah, with, yeah. Of when it comes to quote unquote religion, yeah. well, exactly. You know
1: That's what we were just saying is that when you commit fully to a religion, then your your scope of reality becomes so limited because yeah. you're basing everything through this mm-hmm. one religion, which is only really seeing one facet of yeah. the, of the world. And, and see and, everything
0: through that lens. Yeah, you see yeah. everything
1: through that lens, and there are so many rules that. Are given if you adhere to one religion, but when you kind of take everything in, then you you don't have to adhere to rules, and you also can gain a lot of like new ways on or new ideas on how to live. And yeah. I, I feel like if you're, uh, it's it goes back to the neutral thing. Mm-hmm. If you're open to everything, then you can take a little bit from everything and have that form your scope of the world rather than following a bunch of rules because you think you're going to end up in heaven yeah. as opposed to hell.
2: You know, I yeah. think because uh, everybody's unique, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe we all share like skin and bones and molecular biology and you, but like I do feel that like there is, there's Christians out there that have reached God's consciousness. There's Jews out there that reached God's consciousness. There's Hindus that have reached God's consciousness. There's evangelicals maybe that have like, reach God's consciousness, you know? It's just a matter of, like, it's it's up to the individual, you know? How are they going to take in this information and what they're going to do with it, you know? Yeah, sure, maybe it wasn't their choice when they were young, and it usually isn't. Absolutely. But, like, you know, I mean, how you can establish in, um, you know, a new meaning of, you know, your Christian heritage and your soul, I mean, that's all up to the individual in my belief that... This is where I feel like, uh, what's his name? I'm, I didn't know him very well, but uh, Alex Bent. He, oh, yeah. yeah. you guys know Alex Bent?
1: Yeah, he's the drummer of Trivium. At Trivium.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he used to be the drummer for Archaic, too. We don't, we
1: don't know him well. We've oh, met okay. him a few times.
2: Okay, yeah, I mean, same here. It's mutual. Um, Jared still keeps in contact with him. And
1: there was like, this
2: thing about him. He was a prodigy. He was like 18 years old, you know, and I'd catch him every once in a while, and he was just the sweetest kid. But he just seemed like he, he was like but he also grew up in like a very I don't know what type of Christianity they grew up in, but uh he just seemed like he was like tapping into God's consciousness, you mm-hmm. know? That yeah. like really gave me the idea I was just like, God's consciousness exists in all of us. It's a no matter if you want to tap into it, you know? And like I don't know his background at all. Like I might be completely off about it, but I was under the impression that like he, he came from like a very strict Christian family, but like he seemed to inhibit something that I felt like it was very charming, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, you see that even on a, on a broader scale, I feel like a lot of, uh, athletes like they're, they're Christian and they feel like it's not even them playing the sport. It's that God is playing the sport through them them. or musicians. There are a ton who they feel like they're the vessel through which God is achieving this greater thing. And you know, I, a lot of the time, it's like those people are the sickest at what they do because they feel like there's a higher power, which I feel like... I They're mean, humbling. you guys can probably uh, speak okay. to this as well, although I wouldn't personally put it on God or anything specifically. There's so many that's times...
2: Is, that's what the uh, Gen Z does on God. <laughs> on God.
1: Although I wouldn't put it on God. But there are so many times that I feel like it's not... I'm just like the the vessel through which these things are written like sometimes it th- things happen so quickly that it's like I don't even feel like I'm the one who's actually doing yeah, that doing it's just that. something working through me and that's yeah. not to like some
2: psychedelic <laughs> inebriation just manifested inside you you know <laughs> yeah. and like now that, that, that's just art though you know yeah, like I think art. that like writers can do that I mean I look I love Jim Carrey I always bring up Jim Carrey just because I miss him so much, you know. Like he's like my Robin <laughs> Williams that's still alive, yeah. you know. And but like he talks about that too. Like his painting is what keeps him sane, you know. And the, he talks about how God is painting through him, you know. Have you seen his art? It's pretty wild. I mean, he's got a he doesn't have a budget, so he can get some
4: pretty big canvases and some good paint, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it, like, he's the a, one that uh, he drew the picture of Bill Clinton in a dress for Epstein, right?
2: I'm just uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I think, that was Lena uh, Del Rey. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I think just the the when you say God, it's a loaded it's got term. The connotation of a, a guy with a beard or or yeah. whatever whatever yeah. preferred image that you have. It's a loaded, yeah, loaded. There's a gender me, to it. Yeah, uh, for know. me personally, the where I'm at in my life is God means like just like the super unknown.
4: Totally awesome. Yeah. Totally. yeah. The grand conductor. To, yeah.
1: to me, it could I
3: just
0: mean think anything. It. I don't know. I, 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 who knows what it means? But I you don't. know,
4: so I feel like there's something to what you were saying with like the people that say, I'm a vessel for Christ or for God, right? Like it's tomato, tomato, right? At the end of the day, we yeah. are probably all just meat suits for the infinite creator and sustainer of all that is and lives to incarnate in and manifest through so that its creation can. Fully grow. So if you give it a name, but what that allows you to do is just surrender and be that vessel and just be an open port for that creative energy, um, whether you put the hat of Christ on it or you put the hat of, uh, you know, Dharma on it, like whatever hat you want to put on it. Like
1: I would put the universe hat on it. Yeah.
4: You know, like it's, it's probably a thing. You know what I mean? So the fact that they're willing to, they give it a name so they feel comfortable with the process. So then they can let go and then the process happens. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so like it it is happening, you know, whether it is Christ or, or, or or the universe or whatever it is, I feel like the fact that they gave it a label that makes them comfortable enough to be able to surrender to the process and become a vessel for the creative force of all existence. Like it's, I think it is a thing, you know, so like you can give it whatever name or hat that you want to allow you to feel comfortable surrendering and being a vessel you know like the greeks had the muses you know they believed that there was these beautiful goddesses that music comes from that that word you know there's beautiful goddesses that existed in the other realms that if you just quieted your mind they would feed you ideas and like they had all the dope ideas and you would just be a conduit for all those dope ideas you know so i think that's that is what existence is in a nutshell is you just being a vessel in for which existence can Blow through. Exist, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. So
1: uh, someone, Amber, said on here that you can totally tell that Chance wrote archaic lyrics at one time, which do you still have yeah. a hand in writing yeah, So you still do it?
4: Still do it, yeah. I'm still in, quote-unquote, archaic, technically. Like, I do all the keyboard. Not all. I do most of the keyboards because um, some of the stuff they do, uh, you know, um, Alex writes, and they just kind of do MIDI in the studio. But I contribute keyboards, do all the sound design, and I write, like, 90... Five percent of the lyrics. Um, Jared's gotten really good at writing lyrics too, so he like writes lyrics as well. But yeah, I still do, um, still do all that for Archaic.
1: Because so you know, for anyone who didn't watch the last podcast, it's like the entire story. There's a whole story behind Archaic. Yeah, and what's the What's the story behind oh. the lyrical content? Of oh man, yeah,
2: I love when he <laughs> talks about I this
1: because it, it's just
3: long,
2: <laughs> it never ends too. Like I, the whole no. story, it just continues yeah. every album.
1: Basically,
4: it's about uh, it's a it's it's about a hero's journey, and it's about a character who originally was very disillusioned with the dystopia that he lived in, so he killed himself and uh, or tried to kill himself. Oh, the kitty's in here. Um, little ornery, little stinker. He tried to kill himself, and then in that near-death experience, he had a transcendental experience where he entered a dimension where all of the things that he was running from uh, became personified people that he then overcame. So when he um, then uh, didn't die and came back to his life, he, he, he was pretty much healed of all the things that made him want to kill himself. So he became the wounded healer. So now the rest of the story is him going through all the different dimensions of the realm that he exists in, uh, going on these adventures and, um, trying to kind of, um, I guess, uh, heal the realm and battling the nemesis and meeting different characters along the way in kind of a nutshell. So every ad, every album is a different chapter in that story.
1: So what do you do? Is there is there someone like writing the patterns and then you're writing lyrics along to it? You're writing words along to patterns or you write words first?
4: That's all Jared. So Jared's just like, we'll come and we'll hash the uh, the story out together and be like, this is kind of what the the you know the each chapter, which would be each song, is kind of about. And then he'll be like, all right, write lyrics. And so I'll just write lyrics. And then Jared will go and take those lyrics and he'll put them to the music. So sometimes things change. He'll take parts he likes. He'll, ch- him, he'll change things. And so Jared's the one that I just... I just blast out the lyrics, and he's the one that puts into the music
1: so with louder rain is there are you writing lyrics or are you writing the lyrics? Um,
2: so uh, most of the time I'm writing the lyrics mm-hmm. and I've always kept my door open because I really think chance is a literary wordsmith and um, oh, there might come there might come <laughs> times where like I just can't figure it out like I have this melody and this is gonna go well right here. But I'm just like the capsized corridor under the vessels night ain't going to work, you know? And he's just like, what if the onry cry of the unknown soaks in heat? And I'm like, oh, that's not that works. You know, like something like that, you know, like I can give you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we can riff all the day, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So realistically, I honestly how I write lyrics is I listen to music and i just misinterpret what everyone's saying and yeah. i just i'm like oh that sounds cool you know like
1: i like to do that too sometimes <laughs> you know? i hear something that someone else says and i'm like that would be and it's not even it's what they lyric. said it's yeah, not, it's what, not, not they said, what they said so i'm like yeah. oh, i'm You're, stealing no, that no, that's mine that's yeah, my yeah, yeah. Lyric like, now, it's yeah. mine now
2: you know but like yeah i don't know it just, i don't know the happier i get the lyrics don't change you know Same. or and if i'm sad and sappy and whatever the lyrics are still the same, you know, like it's always just been kind of,
4: it comes uh, from the same. Yeah. But like, who are your biggest influences Cameron? Like lyrically, like who would you say your biggest
2: lyrically, um, writing music? Yeah. Um, obviously Cedric bixler Zavala. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think Maynard That's is Mars Volta. Everyone. Yes. Yeah. Mars Volta <laughs> at, the drive-in. In, uh, at the drive in. Um, yeah. Uh, Zavala, I think. Yeah so yeah I, great, I, he's insane a great lyricist yeah um, I love Opeth lyrics um more classy uh jeez um Draperies yeah
1: yeah they write about Draperies I'm
2: I totally forgot the name of oh, Bright Eyes I always thought he was a great writer oh yeah. yeah yeah um even down to like what was his name from Third Eye Blind and Raven the Jenkins. dude from Stephen Jenkins and um uh, the guy from rise against those all these dudes all grew up and they like graduated from college with English majors mm-hmm. and like they're just kind of great writers you know like sure like Stephen Jenkins always saying, saying about the same thing deep inside you, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, it's inside you. You know, know? but like, uh, deep inside you. (laughs) It's like constantly, oh, everything's inside her, you know, her little cavern. And like, uh,
4: uh, Vanessa Carlton too, wasn't it? Uh, Vanessa Carlton. I'm pretty sure. Was he in love with her? I think they were together at one point. Oh, I'm so happy. Anywho.
2: Yeah. Um, the, and then, then like the guy from Rise Against, so, like he, he just put things together really well. You know? Like, yeah, his music's simple, but it was it was there were bangers. And like it had a <laughs> it was a place in my life. Sorry, wow. he got in. He got in. <laughs> He's uh Yeah. He did get in. He He's a stinker. He's a rascal. I agree. Yeah. Chance and
1: I talk about Purity Ring a lot. They have fantastic beauty ring as
2: well yeah. yeah she writes does she write the lyrics or the guy does I'm not sure I think she does
1: I think sh- I would assume well, whoever she does it's so it all like it's a total
2: does. two thumbs up for yeah. sure I really like their stuff like the lofty cries yeah belly song
4: speak. oh yeah those were great yeah it's great very lyrics. Words, out. wordsmithing yeah, yeah. 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 and up, so buddy. dark and buddy. it reminds me of like Cedric <laughs> give from give Mars give Volta give yeah. yeah, let him give you a smooch. He's a big smoocher.
3: Yeah,
1: he loves smooching he's every morning smooches. when this I wake up. He comes. And way against
4: park regulations.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, oh, look at him! <laughs> oh my
2: god. Uh,
0: What's his name?
1: <laughs> his name's Gizmo. Gizmo. Yeah,
0: those you yeah, listening. That's There's right. a really cute kitten. That just, yeah, they're uh,
1: all the people in the chat are freaking out because don't of feed Gizmo. him after midnight.
0: Well, yeah. he was at the door and he was meowing to get in, he yeah, was hollering. Naveen can't deny him. That's why he's a freaking rascal. I like that,
1: though. I feel like, um, you know, some people just don't place emphasis on lyrics at all, and I care so much about lyrics. (laughs) Dude, I care so much about lyrics. You you don't, but you do. Yeah, it's like I spend so much time writing lyrics to the point that it, like, that's what I will freak out and cry over. Like, that's... Right before we left on tour, we were finishing an EP, and, like, my frustration all comes if lyrical content cannot come out. Patterns are so easy for me, but, like, I... Lyrics, I care about them so much. I care about language so much Mm -hmm. that, like, if I don't feel like it's coming out correctly, I'll edit it a million times. And that's where I, like, have to stop myself. That's where I have to call it. Yeah. Because, like, a pattern that's so easy to write. But lyrics, I could change the word 500 times and it could be, like, the same descriptor but a different word it's like messing yeah. with a snare sound for you two know, hours like, someone yeah like cedric i can do that cedric <laughs> teaches
2: me how to be a better writer i listen to his stuff and like i just sit there and i'll just read his lyrics on in any moment i'm just like what in the hell is going on with you you've ruined this language <laughs> you know? like he's totally ruined this language and but like it all it all of a sudden he just like puts band-aids on it and it just like it heals up and you're just like oh my god like I want to use swine in my lyrics. Yeah. I want to use hollow Earth. you know <laughs> I want to use kettle
4: clods. Or, you know some cutshaw. He's crutched in hobbled sway yeah. <laughs> <Who> are, <laughs> Out of the fae. who are some yeah. of your favorite Auto uh, Defe. Jesus. Uh, lyricists right it's t-
1: two people who come to mind right off the top of my head are Jacob Bannon and Anthony Green. Anthony Green is the the vocalist of Converge. Okay. Yeah. So, Jacob Bannon's lyrics are fucking amazing. They're all... Every one of his songs is a poem. He's a poet, I would say. You know, like many lyricists are. And he's inspired me greatly. Uh, Converge. I like Thou's lyrics. They're fantastic. Uh, Emma Ruth Rundle has great lyrics. Chelsea Wolf, Chelsea Wolf, Wolf, Marissa Nadler. Does she? yeah. Yeah, I gotta get into that. I'm just obsessed with lyrics. It's like any... Person whose music I am into it's directly related a lot of the time to the lyrical content because without good lyrical content I'm not going to be that into the band yeah. like if I hear something and it's from a band and I've you know there are a lot of metal bands who I would be so much more into them if their their lyrics were good but I feel like some sometimes like hell yeah but like hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know Despised Eliana's Icon right? yeah. Despised Icon I love their lyrics actually Go and read them They're pretty fucking good lyrics Are they cool? They're good They're good I just
4: remember one song Was just like Fucking
1: bitch In the parking lot <laughs> I, I don't that know that, that I don't was. know that one But they're uh, You know that one? No. You know, I don't know the not. fuck your bitch in the parking lot <laughs> song, but no, they have good lyrics. And it's like, you know, sometimes I'll just go to people because they they have lyrical content where it's like more syllabaic and like their syllables just fit in more. And I'm yeah. like looking for a word. So, yeah, but yeah, I love yeah. lyrics. and
0: I never really paid attention to lyrics.
1: Yeah, which is so fascinating to me that some people just don't.
0: I'm more like snare for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean... Yeah, I just don't, I don't care. Well, because death metal,
4: for the most part, too, is very much like lyrics are secondary. Yeah, yeah. Like if, mm-hmm. You're lucky if you get someone who really cares about yeah. lyrics. Otherwise, it's just like, we're going to write about the gnarliest shit ever because it, it's got to have extreme subject matter yeah. for extreme music, and you're like...
0: I'd say yeah. for my band, I want the band to have cool lyrics. That's why I always work with vocalists who are both good and write good lyrics.
1: With that being said...
0: So- oh, my God.
1: I feel like a lot Don't of... Let pro- him like, the uh, drink over on the Like computer. in progressive metal, progressive metal has more emphasis on the lyrical content. And that's why yeah. I'm so drawn to like a lot cynic? of progressive... It's oh, cynic. Yeah. cynic's... Just stoked. all progressive oh, yeah. metal. If, usually if bands land in the progressive territory, they're talking about cool shit.
2: Yeah. I, how's Dream Theater's lyrics? I never really paid attention they're to them. They're like it. very,
4: uh, aren't they story like? Story. F- yeah. yeah, they're yeah, story, they're story Thematic, yeah. 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 they're good. Concept yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: Concept albums. I, also, I forgot to say uh, Masuga. I love Masuga's lyrics. Oh, yeah, yeah lyrics and also yeah. the Thomas
1: lyrics Hawk. for Soul Niger. Have you heard soul, soul Niger Within? No. It's Fr- Frederick Thorndall is the guitar player of Masuga. Okay. And the lead. he's yeah. the lead guitar player. He's responsible for all of this, you know, not all of it. Many of the solos and sick riffs that you're hearing. So he's got this solo project called Frederick Thorndall's Special Defects. Soul Niger Within. We talk about, about it literally all the time because we fucking love that record. But uh, it's the lyrical content. It's all about like, uh, it, it, it's all about aliens. It's really cool. That's yeah. the easiest yeah. way to there, put there's it. There's
0: even like some non-duality lyrics on there. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're like sugar you'll like so like guitar player from the Sugar's other concepts.
4: project. You'll yeah. really
1: like it and it's uh so the drummer on it is this guy named Morgan O'Gren and he's a jazz drummer. So it's fascinating to hear that in contrast yeah. to Thomas Hawks like stuff. Uh, really.
0: Improvisational drumming nice. but with like Machiga type yeah. And it's from like 1999.
1: It's 98. Okay. Damn. Yeah, 98. 98. It's super like that's where so much of the influence from our band comes. Yeah, 100%.
0: And a lot of a lot of bands these days.
1: I mean, if you hear this We've got to show you. We've got it on vinyl and shit. We'll show you. But uh, th- you, if you hear that record, you're like, oh, my God. I hear like a million. If you're like super in tune with metal, you're like, oh, my God. I hear where so many of these metal bands. Yeah, their inspiration. Oh, my I God. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just Is Frederick
4: Florendel that- in general. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I mean, totally. Like, Meshuggah, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Meshugga, 100%. Yeah, you know. yeah. Martine. Uh, The other guitar player has written some of the most. You'd be surprised if you like. I I look. I found this thing on the internet that actually broke down each song and who wrote like what riffs. Mm -hmm. And the other dude has some of the baddest tunes in like Mushuga's catalog. Totally,
1: they're they're like full records where Frederick didn't really write anything. I think so. He's responsible Mm -hmm. for a lot of that shit.
2: Yeah, it's weird too because you can hear it. Like if you follow the evolution of a band, sometimes you can just be like oh, It doesn't sound like Stephen Carpenter was writing any of, the, any of this music <laughs> oh, this time yeah. around, you Gork. know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like <laughs> you hear it too, you yeah, know? Totally. Like, totally. I know that Chino wrote that Gore album, yeah. you know? Like, and it, it, you hear it with other bands. So I can't think it off the top of my head, but uh, you guys can please fill those shoes for me if you.
1: Dude, we have can think such a many. sick Stephen Carpenter story. Can <gasps> tell I tell it. you guys? Yeah. Okay, so. Deftones was taking Animals as Leaders on tour in Europe when Naveen was still in Animals as Leaders, right? So Stefan, when we lived in LA, invited all of us over to his house to have a barbecue. And so he lived in like this guest house of this amazing mansion. It was crazy. Like he lived in, it It was such a beautiful spot. And uh, he, we he went- lived and, in like the pool house. He lived in the pool house. Yeah. And we went and hung out with him. And dude, he rolled like- The hugest cones of weed, like I swear the joints were that big, and he was rolling them all day long, and we were just watching atomic bomb videos all day long. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we were watching, yeah. Uh, And then he barbecued, and what I remember from the barbecue is that he made the fucking best, like mushrooms that I've ever eaten in my entire life. All that stuff in carpet. That hits because
2: Atomic Bomb was the first band I ever saw live. <laughs>
1: that does Hell hit. Yeah. Mushroom, Atomic Bomb, Mushroom do hit. cloud. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> were you guys blowing mushroom clouds? <laughs> and then he was also kind of talking about some of the stuff that we were. He was like. The universe brought us all here together today. He seemed yeah. like a cool ass. We were like, damn, awesome. what a sick dude.
3: He
1: was awesome.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> he was, was awesome. Yeah, he, it's crazy how much havoc this kitten
1: can make. <laughs> it's just it's like,
0: just like awesome.
4: insane. Yeah, really he's too. Too.
1: He's, like, yeah, a, he's, he's, a, he's like
4: he's he's a Sour Patch Cat. He's a lover, and then he's a dude. He tears some shit up, and then he wants like, like, yeah. lebens, and he wants to tear some shit up. I was up.
0: telling Harrison this for like, he'll go into a room and do something, and you're like, I didn't even know you could figure out to misbehave that way.
1: Sometimes like I didn't even know that
0: was a thing. I didn't want you to play with.
1: Sometimes we hear our cupboards just like smacking and smacking and it's because he's over there just opening them and going yeah. in them. It's not and a ghost. He figured out how to ghost. open the
0: cupboards and he goes in there.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, you don't need to go in there.
0: Like, stop. <laughs> like part ferret. Yeah.
4: He, he
1: looks like a ferret, right? He Little kittens look like ferrets. All right. I guess we've been rolling this podcast for two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah. So let's call it a day. We'll yeah, go I into the post right. show. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. with Yeah. Us thanks for week. inviting for us. us.
2: Thank you guys for the the new friendship, Hell yeah, by yeah. the way, actually, that we're out here and like you guys connection with Chance. Like, I'm very grateful for our relationship. Me too. Same. And uh yeah, I mean, yeah, when, if thanks you're, for having us. Once you too. were, you know,
0: cool with Chance, I was like, well, we got another, another brother. And
1: Chance is one of our main boys. I love you guys. We, yeah,
0: love, you. we love you. We love you too. Well, serious. I'm glad uh, you're one of the few repeat guests on here. And wow. Cameron, it was fucking great to have you, man. Yeah,
1: I'm sure that you guys will be on us. again. And thanks I think, yeah,
0: her. I think periodically we'll have you guys on here. You live so close. Oh, yeah.
1: All right, everyone. Have a great week out there. We fucking love you. See you uh, next week. See you next week. at uh, the post show. Yeah.
4: Peace. Much love. See you, uh, Radio Land. <laughs>